episode 345 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. A very different one this week. No Josh, just because of the New York City event that I was at the last couple days. And uh, I'm kind of doing this in the middle of the day. Just lost power in the house when I was recording this. So I'm uh, starting over because I'm using our portable recording device now. So hopefully everything will sound okay. So uh, a lot of things to to, uh, talk about today. And we even got some interviews for you. So this is going to be all PS4 launch, obviously. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll only be hours away from releasing in the U.S. Unfortunately, Europe has to wait. Sorry, guys. But pip-pip, I'm sure you'll get something before us, as always. So, uh, got interviews for Resogun, for Infamous Second Son, and for Killzone Shadowfall. Also had some other sessions with, uh, they had pretty much 40 games there to check out. All PS4, so uh, be talking about a bunch of those, and also I might even have some audio from our sessions as well. I just got to get in and listen to them all to see if they're worthy of listening to. So I'll go down the list uh, that I have in front of me. They actually they, they took over an entire hotel downtown, and they had 11 floors with hotel rooms set up with all the games. So we would just pretty much go and check out the ones that we could. If they were busy, just go to the next one, that sort of thing. Very laid back. Uh, pretty awesome, actually. Got some really good uh, time with a lot of the developers, and it was just it was kind of this social thing at the same time, so it was really cool to be at. First up, let's go over the PS4 itself. Uh, very nice surprise when I was at the event. I'm sure people saw the, the picture and everything, but um, <laughs> when I was leaving, I was told, go upstairs and we have a pre- uh, present for you. I'm like, oh, okay. And it was actually a retail PS4 with eight games, an extra controller, and a camera, and uh, like a, a hoodie, too. So I, I was pretty shocked. And then I had to try to figure out how the hell to get that thing on the plane. So I was walking around uh, <laughs> LaGuardia Airport and O'Hare uh, with a PS4 in a bag covered up by a vest. So it was kind of funny. Also, uh, it's not on our YouTube channel yet. i got to upload it when I get power. But I actually was bored at O'Hare. So I went down to Terminal C and I found this little kind of corner and I did my uh, quick, dirty uh, unboxing video with my phone. So if you want to see probably the most unique unboxing video ever, uh, that is truly from Terminal C at Chicago O'Hare Airport. So it was fun. It didn't last very long, but it was fun. So the PS4 itself, um, I mean, obviously we could probably do a full show on the hardware and the UI and everything else, but... You know, I really like it so far. It's uh, it's it's very sexy. Uh, the fan really doesn't run very loud at all. It's really tough to hear, actually. Uh, love the hardware design. I wish there were more USBs. I'll be the first one to admit it. You know, we've been complaining about that for a long time, but I really do wish it had more USBs. I've already got a USB hub hooked up to it. Uh, the nice thing is it'll charge controllers in standby mode. So instead of shutting your, P- your PS4 down, actually... Put it into standby mode, and you'll know you're in that. Uh, the, the light bar on there will actually kind of glow like this orangish yellow color. And uh, you can plug a controller in even after it's back into standby mode. You can just plug one in, and it'll it'll charge it for you. But that's also where you want to be if you want the um, the background downloads and everything else to run as well. So just get used to going to standby mode instead of powering off. Uh, the UI, it's in my opinion, it seems like kind of an extension of the XMB. So instead of having a single right and left, you now have two. So on the main one, that's where you see all your games. You'll see a folder for like TV apps. You'll see a what's new. You'll see uh, your library uh, functionality as well. 
if you push up on the D-pad, though, that's where you'll see things like the PlayStation Store. You'll see your uh, friends list, your invitations, your notifications, your party system, your actual settings uh, to go into to set up all the stuff. And it's kind of cool how they did it. It's very easy to get through. It's very snappy. The entire time, I just got to say, the entire time you're interfacing with that PS4, no matter what, dropping out of a game to go to the internet browser, you know, dropping out of a game to go to this, switching between like an app and a game, incredibly, incredibly snappy. It's, it's very impressive. I mean, I could actually have a game running in the background, suspended, and I could go into Netflix. Or I could go into Hulu, or I could go into anything, and just double tap the PlayStation button. It takes you right back to the app that you were at before, which at the at that point was a game, and the game's paused. Just boom, comes right back up. There's no load time. There's no hesitation. Very similar to the experience in the Vita. So uh, pretty cool to see, just from a standpoint of uniformity too. It's very similar to the experience you get on the Vita, which is 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 awesome. Uh, you know. There's a couple things that don't work yet. It doesn't support 3D Blu-rays, which is a crying shame. I tried uh, Man of Steel last night, and it gave me an error. That sucks. I mean, they said they're going to add it, but, you know, I, at least I have my PS3 still. So I have it hooked up, and I can use that for 3D Blu-rays. Yes, I do care about 3D. I have a lot of 3D Blu-rays, and I have a lot of games that I play in 3D on the PS3. So, yes, I do care about that. So all you naysayers on Facebook and everything, I'm one of those people. And I guarantee you Josh is, too. Um, I, you know, it doesn't have that suspend feature yet where you can, where it's almost like your tablet where you can just hit the button and it just kind of turns off, but it pops right back up. Uh, you know, that's going to be added later as well. Uh, the facial recognition with the camera is pretty impressive actually. So you can set yourself up for facial recognition. It takes about 30 seconds to a minute. It's really easy to do. And you can assign that to your account. And if you're the only one on the couch, it'll see you and just log you in right away. If you have multiple people sitting on the couch, for, uh, you know, for example, and these people all have accounts, it'll actually ask you like who wants to log in, and all you do is you hold your controller up, and it, it corresponds with it. Uh, there's a different light on the light bar for each person, and you hold it up to where you are, and it logs you in. And you can have up to four people logged in at once. Account-wise, you can have 16 total accounts set up on the PS4 locally. That includes master accounts and sub-accounts. So sixteen uh, is a pretty decent number. There's only a couple families I, th- I think that would bother, like the Duggars or whatever they're called. It's also got a feature that we saw that I haven't been able to play with yet called the guest feature. So let's say a friend of mine comes over and we want to play Knack in co-op. And he's got his own PSN account. He wants to be able to earn his trophies and everything else even when we're playing co-op. So instead of logging in as an actual local account on the PS4 and taking up one of those slots... My friend can actually log in with the guest system. You log into the PSN with your actual PSN ID, and you're logged in for that session. Even if you have a game on the PSN that, like, I don't have, you can grab that game. We can play it, you know, the whole nine. And then when you leave, you just log off the guest system. It actually deletes all your, all your content from this PS4, uploads anything if you have PlayStation Plus, uploads anything to the cloud that you have, and you actually get all your progress and everything. It's a really neat feature, and it's really easy to use. So I'm, I'm, that's a, a great addition, in my opinion. <clears throat> um, setting up the video is really easy. Setting up audio is really easy. Uh, there was one thing with the share functionality that didn't work the greatest yesterday. So I actually have been uploading videos and pictures and everything just to mess around with it. I uploaded one to Facebook. 
Uh, also, when you upload a video, it automatically goes to the social system in, in the PSN itself. Um, but I streamed yesterday to Twitch. So it's pretty neat. Like they'll, they'll give you an opportunity if you want to have the camera running. It'll put the camera up in the corner. It'll also show you a couple lines of the chat underneath it. It kind of puts the game in a frame. Uh, and you can also turn that frame off. Uh, and you can include uh, microphone audio as well. So first off, I used both the microphones in the camera and I used the microphone that comes with it, the little one that plugs into the controller. Both gave really good audio, uh, surprisingly good from the little microphone that comes with it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of earbuds. Uh, it did work pretty well, though. There were a few people I found online with Battlefield later on that uh, it sounded pretty good, but uh, everybody in the stream was pretty impressed with how the mic sounded. And uh, the camera mic as well really picked up the audio great. The one problem, though, and I don't know if this is going to be patched, but I did email Sony and let them know, my stream didn't include audio, like actual game audio. So anything from the game that the people were picking up was actually from the microphone, what it was picking up from my little... Because I was playing last night on the, uh, the, the PlayStation 24-inch screen, and it was picking up that audio from the speaker. So that's kind of a problem. Uh, also, it obscures trophies on the stream itself. So you'll see the trophy, but on the stream, it's like this big gray box, and it obscures the trophies. Uh, I'm thinking that people are going to really want that as an option because there are video videos out there. There's YouTubers and everything else that that's one of their primary things is they do like kind of a trophy hunting series on a game. So uh, right now, I don't see that as an option anywhere. So that's probably going to have to be fixed. Uh, but the functionality itself worked pretty well. You actually get four different settings for how you want to stream. Uh, basically, basic, good, better, and best. Uh, they don't really tell you what those what those options are, like how much bandwidth it's going to take or anything else. Uh, the, the quality was pretty good. I think it was streaming at 720p, but it was highly compressed. It, it still looked good, though. There, you can go to our channel at twitch.tv slash psnation. Go to the past broadcasts, and you can find out the stuff I did. Look at the Battlefield 4 one. It lasts like over a little bit over an hour. That should give you really a really good indication of how, uh, how the streaming looks. It, it looks good, though. It, it's, it's, it's not like if I'm using my capture device, but it's pretty darn good. So happy to see that that works right away, too, because I think a lot of people are going to use that tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I, I don't like the fact that you, it doesn't seem like you can categorize your games right now either. So... I've got a bunch of games on there. You know, they gave me eight games to bring back on disc, and you know, there's a bunch of free to play stuff right away because I have PlayStation Plus. So, with Plus, I get Contrast and Resogun, so those are on the system. You can get Warframe. You can get DCUO, which I'm going to give a try. Uh, you can get um, oh, what are the other ones? Uh, uh, Retribution. You can get and a couple other games. I, I think total right now I have like twelve or thirteen games on my PS4 already. Because I also own Sound Shapes. I own Flower. So I grabbed those right away. And the problem is, to me at least, the problem is that there's no way to put those into folders like we could on the PS3. So right now, all your games kind of just extend off to the right side on this one single horizontal bar. And what happens is that the thing that you use the most recently is at the left. And it just kind of cascades away. I don't see it as a problem now. But, I mean... In the future, that's going to be a real problem. So I'm hoping that they're going to let us do like a games folder or something like that soon. Uh, because even when you put a disc-based game in, it leaves an icon on that game list, even if you don't have the disc in. 
the other thing I'll, I'll cover really quick and then we'll get into the games is uh, day one patches and how the games actually work if you put a disc in, that sort of thing. So I'll give you an example. I threw Battlefield 4 in and I have it on disc. Threw it in and what happens is in the background, the PS4 immediately starts caching that to the hard drive. It's not an actual true install. It's more volatile storage. Uh, but Sony hasn't said like what the criteria is if it wants to start using that storage space up in the cache. Um, but what it'll do is in the background it'll go and you might not even know it's going. I saw one game where it actually gave me like a, a little counter, like a, you know five minutes left for the full install. It was just this little tiny icon. But Battlefield, I got in and I uh, checked multiplayer. I got to the server browser and nobody was playing. So I went into the campaign. This is when I was streaming. So you, you can actually see this on this Battlefield stream. Hey, my power just came back on. Uh, so you can see all this on the stream. And what happened was I was playing the campaign just to show off how, how good it looked. And all of a sudden, a little window popped up. Pause my game. A little window popped up and said, the install is complete. You can now use more advanced features. I was like, oh, cool. So it, it was totally seamless. Like I didn't even know what was happening. And I was just playing the campaign. And I was a decent amount into the first uh, mission on the campaign. So that was pretty cool. The one thing, though, was it had a day. A lot of the games have a day one update. Uh, I know Battlefield does, uh, Madden does. Uh, I think Need for Speed did. I can't remember. But what will happen is a lot of these day one patches, you can't go online until you run the patch. So if you want to play the campaign, that's fine. It'll download the patch in the background and it kicks it off immediately. But you have to reboot the game to let the install go before you can actually get online. So just be aware of that. Look in the notifications section of your uh, your interface and you can pop right out and look at it while you're in the game so you can just hit that playstation button push up and go to notifications and look at your download selection and it'll show you if the update's done or not so it it, it once you learn the interface i think you're going to be really pleased with how much information you're getting but also just how seamless everything is I, i was truly surprised by how seamless that was so let's get into uh the games because that's why we're here right so let's talk Resogun first. Uh, did an interview with, with the Housemark guys. Hung out with them actually a little while uh, just because they're so much fun. Uh, had a couple beers with them and uh, super, super nice guys. And they make games that I love, you know. Uh, Dead Nation and uh, Super Stardust HD and Stardust Delta are some of my favorites ever. They really are. So wanted to talk to these guys for a little bit. And actually, they're probably going to come back on the show in a couple months and maybe talk some more stuff about Resogun. But... Uh, check out the interview, and when we get back, I'll uh, I'll give you a review on Resogun. So, obviously, uh, one of my favorite developers of all time, Housemark, and I'm sitting here with, uh, well, introduce My, yourself. Michael Haveri uh, from Housemark. I'm the PR kind of guy to go to. So we're going to get nothing but PR speak. No, well, entire time. That's, that's what you're supposed to say in a situation like this. <laughs> like, I'm the right guy to go to because my title is the PR guy. And I have all Honestly, the answers. <laughs> no, we're... Housemark is the kind of company that you can't really even sell, dude. Like, if you have the soul, you can represent that, but otherwise, it's not, you know, you can be, come off as fake. Like, <laughs> oh, I like schmoops, and, you know, nobody's going to believe you. If, if it's not real, it's not real. You know what I mean? True, true. So uh, we're here today to talk about a game that I've been playing constantly uh, for the last few days, Resogun, which, if you have PlayStation Plus, you get it for free, yo. Zero dollars. But there's going to be a price for those people who don't want to go for PS Plus. 
I don't even know how many people are going for it. I guess you get it for free for two weeks with the PS4 purchase. Well, because you get a card with your PS4 right. for 30 days of PlayStation Plus. You, but the thing is, once that 30 days expires, the game won't work anymore unless you buy it. And that's we feel like we need to do some really good PR at that point. Well, but at the, at the same time, I, the game itself should be doing the, its own PR because they're able to play the game for 30 that's days. True. It's that's the full true. game. It's not the demo. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's true. Yeah. Really excited. Soon. I, Hashtag soon. Yeah. I've actually got a pr- uh, almost a review done. I put a video preview up the other day, and that seems to be doing well. Really cool. People really seem cool. to be, be pretty impressed. Yeah, it's it's one of those games that, um, you know, at first impression, it's it's a cool, explosive shooter. Sh- yeah. Shmup, as they kids say. It's kind of a shmup. Yeah. Not a traditional horizontal or vertical no. shmup where you're going from point A to point B. Within that same sort of general genre, though. It's definitely a shmup, yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, just excited to get it out there and to see what people say. For us, fan feedback is, like, the major thing that we haven't had the opportunity to really listen to yet because the game hasn't been out. Yeah, nobody's been able to So play that's, that's what uh, we're kind of uh, still a bit, like, on the edge, like, uh, so how are people going to like it? And <laughs> it's going to be really, really exciting for us. So, but some people did get to play it at PAX. I was the one that tweeted you guys like uh at pax i had the high score for almost the entire time until the very last day right exactly yeah yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, me yeah. exactly you know i had to show off a little bit no well you I'm have to guy. this is the kind of game which you really need to show off the, the whole game oh. is made for high score showing off i mean yeah. come on it's it's about hunting that score knowing exactly oh if you kill this enemy from the left with this weapon you get those millions of points and that's what it's all about secrets I mean, you know, of course, there's stuff that we talk about, but then there's layers and layers of things that only the hardcore guys will be like, well, you know, I get this little <laughs> secret here. And how did you get that 10 million, for example? Like, well, maybe I, ca- I won't. I called it subtle complexity. That's a, that's a beautiful way to do it. Yeah. And, and you called something else, though. Well, there's so many weird <laughs> names for a beautiful baby, right? So uh, one thing I was called previously was the Onion Man because it's got layers. Ah, I don't yes. know if that works. You have to explain it. It doesn't work, right? It kind of works. <laughs> sort of Actually, works. it does because you know, in, in what I've written up so far and, and the video preview I did, I kept talking about that. So you know, there's this first layer, and that's just you getting in there and shooting things and figuring right. out. Then you've got the second layer of trying to make sure that you save all the humans. Exactly. And that third layer with your boost system and, and how you can actually turn that into a lot of big points. But then on top of that, the multiplier system where if you let it go for a few seconds, it resets to zero or to one. Yep. You know, and, and there's just all these layers of, of scoring. and it's A lot of things you have to kind of keep in mind. And when you get good at it, those kind of become uh, you know, part of yourself. And you're in the zone and you know everything is going on. Yeah. So, yeah, the layers do open up a little by little. And in that say we can say it's it's casual friendly because you know you can have an arcade experience just like picking up and putting a quarter in. Yeah. But then again, there's always going to be that guy in the guy in the corner with the bag of quarters, uh, really just uh, making sure hog on the machine. His name is on the list. That jerk. <laughs> exactly. I remember those guys back in the day when arcades actually existed. I think we were those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, jerks I get, but you know, was, we had a mission in life, and that was to kick some ass. So, basic concept, uh, I think I'm right in saying that it's, you know, obviously Super Stardust HD was Asteroids. That's, that's a fair, as, fair assessment, I'd say. And this time around, seems like it's now Defender. That's uh, something, very, something we could agree with, maybe. A, a great homage <laughs> to that game. Right. I uh, think homage is a good word. We're trying to really... <laughs> I mean, we're making housemark games that really respect the history of gaming, I think. Definitely. I agree. 
Uh, luckily, you don't have to have 15 buttons to play the game, like in Defender. But <laughs> that's uh, uh, yeah. The PS4, is, the DualShock 4, is doing a, quite a good job for us for this. <laughs> uh, so we're we're loving it so far. Yeah. So, um, kind of tell me about the game in general. Uh, how much it's going to make people hate it because it's so difficult, but so awesome at the same time. Right. There's going to be a lot of haters out there, but then again, there's going to be those few guys with the smug smile on their face saying, "Go on." <laughs> hate it, hate it all you want, but you know, you know who got the best score, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, let's talk leaderboards because I haven't been able to see that yet because the online stuff hasn't, hasn't been active yet. But exactly. uh, talk a little bit about like the different leaderboards that are available if they're regional or whatever. Well, there's going to be leaderboards for all the different modes and all these variations of modes we have. Um, so a lot of leaderboards for each difficulty level, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it's going to be. Well, we can't talk about all the cool stuff, but <laughs> honestly, you get the gist of it. So it's just leaderboard-centric. Uh, when when you get to it, kind of uh, very, very uh, simple but complex. Okay. Okay. Uh, people will find out. But, I mean, are there going to be worldwide leaderboards? Is it absolutely, be regional? absolutely. It's no, I, I don't think, you know, like Dead Nation, we did some, we wanted to have some region stuff there. Yeah. I think uh, this time... At least in the beginning, we'll go for just global stuff. Okay. Uh, more centrist on, uh, centered on the modes we have and the different things you can do where you can be like the best of this level or the best of this difficulty level or so on. Okay. And, uh, but honestly, we're really loving the fan feedback for all our other games and we really want to hear cool. what the fans want and that's what we're going to give them. Like in the future, we want to do more stuff for Resogun and we have some really cool ideas we can't discuss yet but uh, yeah the fans fans are a big part of it i think what you should do is is like worst leaderboards like who's the worst who's the, the worst who dies the, worst the quickest guy. and call them out yes the hall of shame the hall of shame that, that would be absolutely the thing uh except that everybody probably start off on that list and in some way or another <laughs> It's definitely a game. I mean, it's it's great. You you can pick it up and play it. And in the old arcade uh, sense of of the word, where right. back in the arcades, they only wanted you to play for like five minutes. They wanted you off the machine so they could get more quarters, more quarters. Right. But right, right. you can get good enough of this game to actually last quite a long time and, exactly. and get a lot of out of it. Um, Plus, we got voxels. Something in the arcades. Those voxels. <laughs> them, those them, retina yeah. melting voxels. Them voxels. Yeah, really good voxels. Uh, it's one of the coolest things, and it was great because I actually got to sit, stand here and watch somebody else playing it for a little while. Because when you're playing it, you just—I don't think you can appreciate how much is actually going on in There's, the background. Like the player gets into the zone, right? Oh, but yeah. then again, the spectator gets into a different zone, which is kind of weird. This is not like the party game where you can just casually follow it or whatever, and then sing along, or you know, one of those games where it's just yeah. like, "Hey, it's a cool thing." This is something that really just. It takes you in, and then an hour later, you're like, oh, I forgot to eat. You know, that, It's one of those. I just had that moment last week. I tweeted but, but, it. But still, it's good because, I mean, there's remote play. Remote play is a nice new feature that we're getting to experience. And uh, that kind of, I think, fits really well with Resogun in the sense that you can pick it up, play for five minutes, and then continue on with whatever you got going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you said... Obviously, you probably can't talk about it. you got some more plans in the future, but right. where can people go? What's the best way for them to reach you guys if they have any feedback? At Housemark on Twitter. Okay. Um, honestly, and Resogun on Facebook is really Resogun-centric. Okay. But those are the two channels, like, most of the time, even better than email for, <laughs> for us. Because email is one of those things that we get a lot of, lot of stuff, and it's like, it's always work. But this is more like, hey, we're really excited about stuff. And even the conversations kind of flow better on Twitter and Facebook. Right. So 
we're embracing the new media and it's embracing us and it just feels like a logical next step. So, so not old media. No, well, no, that's kind of an inside joke. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. <laughs> old, and I, I don't really like the new media term either. It's like weird social what? media and all that. Well, it's a, it's a good argument, but it's it's a, it's one of those split things that it's just I'm, I guess ease of access. If you look at a game like Resogun, um, for example, in terms of new stuff that PlayStation Four is bringing, uh, the streaming, you know, that's going to be yeah. great, great for this. So anything you can really, there's a lot of things you can. Since technology is advancing, you might as well kind of uh, get into the gear and go along with it. Awesome. Well, uh, do you know what the price is going to be if you don't have Plus? I don't think we've announced it yet. It's going to be out soon. It's going to be in the digital downloadable kind of era, you know, 10, 15 bucks. Uh, I think it's okay. closer to 15, maybe. Okay. Not sure yet. So um, it's going to be announced. Uh, ho- yeah, hopefully, okay. hopefully uh, everybody gets to see it. And I mean, it's going to be free. So. You should just have Plus anyway. I mean, I've had Plus for I don't since they announced it. So. so Plus is good. I'm a big fan of Plus, and uh, especially after Resident Evil being free, it's <laughs> like a lot of people asking, like, "So how how can I get the review code?" I'm like, "Dude, it's yeah, it's gonna be free." So get, get Plus. Although I've seen a lot of games writers on Twitter saying, "Oh, I finally got PlayStation Plus. I'm ready for PS4." Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good. In, in all ways, it's always a good thing. Yes, definitely. Exactly. And, and Resogun, we're really glad to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, getting as many people to enjoy this experience is, is what we're all about. Just Well, you guys have done another great job. I mean, I'm a big fan of Dead Nation. I'm a big fan of Superstars HD. And even Stardust Delta on the Vita, I play constantly still. So, Thank you. I um, appreciate it, yeah. Like I said, this was taking me away from some other reviews. <laughs> so. Well. Hopefully, hopefully not too much. But then again, hopefully, absolutely. absolutely if, if my reviews are substandard, it's all your fault. Just letting you guys know right now. Well, thank you and apologies. But uh, <laughs> in, in good in good essence, it's it's good to have the PS4 finally just right there, so close, and it's going to be an awesome launch. So I'm really excited about that. I agree. I agree. Well, thanks for your time, guys, and uh, good luck with the launch. Good luck with uh, with everything, especially your plans in the future. Absolutely, and. and Again, huge thank you to to you and all the listeners. All right. Well, thanks to them for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, And let's talk about this game. You know, it's so technically impressive, number one. But as we mentioned, it's kind of their homage to Defender, which uh, I'll be honest. I I like the game, but at the same time, I never really played it a lot because it was so complex in the controls. And I was a little kid at the time, you know. Uh, You didn't even have buttons a lot, or uh, joysticks a lot of times. You had buttons to go back and forth. So it, it was a very... Very complex game, but Resogun, I'm having a blast with it. You know, I streamed it last night. actually got farther than I ever did last night, which was great. Uh, it's a challenging game, and that's what I love about it. You know, there's that challenge there. You have to learn that scoring system. Uh, at the same time, there's so much going on on the screen, just like any other game from these guys. And it's awesome. It's 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 so hard not to love this game. And, and I tweeted yesterday, I know it sounds like a dick move or something, but... I tweeted yesterday and said, basically, if you don't review this game well, it's either A, because you don't like a challenge, B, you don't like a shooter, which is fine if you don't like shooters, or C, you just don't get it and you just decided to give up. Because this takes some time. I mean, you need to find out kind of what works for you, what doesn't work. There's three different ships available. There might be a ship that works better for you. Uh, Like the ship on the right actually has a lot more firepower in terms of just the oomph, but... um, it doesn't fire as fast. So, you know, you have to look at things like that. The ship doesn't move as fast or whatever. Uh, it's awesome, though. You know, it's just this 
beautiful, visual, stunning uh, masterpiece, you know, especially with all the destruction that happens in the background with these voxels, uh, which voxels are basically, in the simplest term, it's kind of a 3D pixel. So instead of a flat square for the pixel, it's actually like a 3D building block, an actual physical building block. And they do a lot with them. There's tons of animation, and all the ships are made out of them, and it, it's just stunning. So I'm writing up a full review. I'm not going to take a lot of time on this podcast for reviews, but um, I wrote up the review. Uh, it's getting a 9.0. Uh, check that out on psnation.com. I hope they have that up and posted by the weekend. That's the only one I didn't finish. I tried to finish it in New York City, and I fell asleep with my laptop on my lap. So uh, it's getting a 9.0, though. It's, it's a fantastic game, some cool leaderboard stuff. Uh, and it sounds like, I'm not sure, so don't quote me on this, but it sounds like there might be, even be more content on the way for it. So very, very happy with it, though. Awesome launch title. Housemark uh, does it again. You know, they, they did it with the PS3, they did it with the, with the Vita, and now with the PS4. So those guys rule. <clears throat> all right, well, I'm just going to go down the list that I have. They gave, me, they gave us these little cards with all the games that were there and uh, what floor they were on, that kind of thing. So I'm just going to go down the, the list. I think that's the easiest thing. Uh, first off, Octodad was there. I talked to the guys for a little bit. We're going to be doing a follow-up feature for Octodad probably in January. I'm, I'm planning on taking another trip down to the studio, checking it out, and talk to those guys again uh, and actually you know, get them on the podcast uh, finally instead of just doing a video. Uh, contrast, uh, let's talk about that. That's one of the free games for PlayStation Plus. It's the one that replaced Drive Club. And, you know... I really had had high hopes for this game. Uh, I've had it for a little while now, and it's it's number one. It's beautiful. The lighting system they have in it. I mean, all the puzzles are based around lighting, so obviously they have this very advanced lighting engine. And from that standpoint, it's phenomenal. Uh, the puzzles are very unique. They're very challenging. Uh, it's it's a really neat game. A lot of great voice acting. The one problem I have with contrast though is the controls. Unless they get patched tomorrow on Friday. Uh, I really have a problem with the controls. They're very clunky. Uh, it just, for me, it just, the movement just isn't right. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, it's, I had really high ups for it. I, I, I enjoyed what I played it at uh, E3, and, but even then I was like, well, I hope they do better with the controls, and it doesn't seem like they did. So uh, give it a try. It's free for PlayStation Plus, so you're not losing anything. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are going to like it. it just for me, the controls kind of took me out of the experience. So, all right, uh, Warframe. So Warframe's a free-to-play game, and I got to play this at E3 and at PAX, and I enjoyed it both times. I, I thought it was a really neat concept, and uh, it looked great. So sat down with Warframe. I actually have it on my retail PS4, but I haven't played it yet. But I sat down with it on Tuesday with the, with the devs, and I got to say, wow, like the last couple months, it, it's been in beta on PC since, like, I think March or April. PS4, visually, just gorgeous now. They did a great job upgrading it. Uh, a lot of cool features, great draw distance, great visuals. Uh, level design is excellent, too, uh, from what I played. But it plays great. It's a third-person shooter. Uh, it's free-to-play. Their profit model, basically, is if you want to advance faster, you can buy stuff. Uh, but you can actually get through the entire game, the entire uh, level system, without paying a cent. It just, it's just going to take you a long time. Uh, controls were spot on, visuals were great, sound is excellent, and it's free to play, guys. I mean, download it. It's another game for your PS4 on day one. Uh, it, it's cool. I, I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm, we're probably going to try to get these guys on the show sometime soon to talk about it 
and just kind of go over what they're going to be adding, that, that sort of thing. But uh, I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to be playing this game for sure. Uh, let's see. Tiny Brains we'll be talking about soon. Thief I talked about, uh, we talked about from Comic-Con. DC Universe Online. So here's a game that I did play on PS3 when it was free. Uh, you know, right away when it was free. And played it for a while, but obviously it's an MMO and Glenn doesn't have time for MMOs. Uh, these guys made a really strong push on me, and uh, again, I have audio. I'm not sure if I'll use the audio. I have to listen to it, but without power, I wasn't able to check it yet. But basically, it is DCUO that's on the PS3. PS3 and PS4 players are going to be on the same servers playing together, which is really cool. PC, not yet, but they're looking into it. Uh, if you have a character, obviously, on, on the PS3 version, it'll work on the PS4 version, uh, and and. All the assets from the PS3 version were basically redone for the PS4. So it's running on that same engine. But all the new updates that happened for PS3 were because of PS4. So I think it looked great. Obviously, it's not like uh, Killzone or something like that, but it looked great. It seemed like there was more animation in it. It's a lot more fluid. Uh, The draw distance goes forever now. You can see cars way off in the distance now, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, You know, I'm a DC guy, so they've talked me into trying it again. So I will get on and try it again. And actually, I was planning on playing that hopefully today, but with the power going off for how long it was, I just didn't have a chance. But it was cool. Uh, and, there, and there's some really unique, unique features. They really want people to, to go up. And again, I think you can only go up to level 30 without paying the subscription, but I, I believe... See, I, I don't remember, because I remember I sat down with like 25 games, but I thought like the, the regular uh, monthly fee, I think, is like 5 or 10 bucks. And then they have a premium one for more. So, I don't know. It, it, it is cool, though, for all those DC Universe people that are on PS3. You're going to be able to boot that thing up day one. I already have it installed in my system. Uh, two very big installs, by the way. So, be ready for that to take a little while. Uh, but I've already got it installed on here. And they said they never wipe characters. So, they said that when I get on, my character that I had on the PS3 one should be there and ready to go. So, pretty awesome. Well, DCUO, you can create your own hero or villain. Right. You don't really play one of the iconic characters that are part of the universe. Well, which I did. When it first came out on PS3, we had the review on, and I, I started messing around with it. Okay, good. I got into it for a few hours. Okay, all right, good. So you know it's like very a lot of physics in the environment. We do action combat in terms of, you know, there's active blocking and evading and rolling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can put together different combos with your character. Uh, when you're creating characters, you can choose your superpower. This guy happens to be a fire guy, so you can see here I have all kinds of fire powers and things that I can do when I'm fighting enemies. I also chose one-handed as my fighting style. Uh, there are pl- there are eleven other weapons you can choose from. Uh, eleven other powers right now you can choose from, uh, and there's also three movement modes. This guy happens to be flight, so I chose that. There's also super speed and acrobatics. But you can see the city right here, uh, laying out before you, island of Little Bohemia over there. Here's the actual city of Metropolis. I, I happen to be uh, over here by LexCorp Tower, uh, which happens to be the tallest building. Uh, there's the Daily Planet. It happens to be bottled right now by Brainiac. He came in and trying to digitize the whole the whole planet and which is how the players and uh, heroes and villains got created okay uh, P- uh, future lex luther came back and released these exobites from the future where brainiac had conquered the earth and stolen all the powers of the heroes and villains and that's where the genesis of all of our characters come from this is gotham city you see it was the the main brunt of brainiac's attack as he's like actually bottled all of south gotham over here um but this is a this is a really great 
looking environment, especially on the PS4. When we decided, you know, we're three years old right now. We're yeah. approaching our third year anniversary wow. in January. Game's doing great. We went free to play. We have 11 million people come in, register for the game, uh, and check it out. It's it's just really been phenomenal. So we knew that in order to have a really bright future for the game, though, especially on the console, which is where a majority of our players are. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Most of our players are on console. It's like 70% or something like that is actually just on the wow, PS3. So the, the, the console platform is really important to us and to our community because the lion's share of them are there. Yeah. Now, of course, the, the game right now on PS3 really pushes the limits of that platform. If you want the optimum experience of playing the game right now, you've had to you really go to the PC. Yeah. It's fun on the PS3, and it plays fine, but there's definitely you can definitely feel it kind of once in a while when we're pushing that like MMO feel where there's like, you know, how many different... I, I have an ice guy right here, so how many different powers are now on the screen, you know, mixing it up, trying to face the enemies that are... You know, really, uh, ton, tons of them for your for your group to take on, and you can feel the crunch once in a while. PS4 oh, is like butter; it's like really smooth. Extra power gives us a lot of uh, uh, great great potential here on the on the PS4. So, I assume that this is going to be pretty much handled like the PS3 version, where it's free to download, free to play. Yep. until was it level twenty? No, it's uh, the PS3. It's free to play all the way to thirty. No, we 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 really didn't put up some kind of artificial like wall and level cap or anything like that. Our free to play model really relies on things like um, you know how many inventory slots you have at the free to play level. If you spend five dollars on the game, you go to premium and you get more inventory slots. You get more characters that you can uh, choose to uh, uh, create. Right, you only get two when you're a free to play player, which is actually quite generous. Sure. Um, you can do a hero and a villain if you want to get the full experience. Go all the way up to level 30. You can partake in any of the free update content or launch content that goes through the tiers. Um, but if you want to start advancing into the end game, then you're really trying to, you really need to purchase DLCs and things like that. Okay. The best way to enjoy the game is from a legendary membership. Uh, you pay $15 a month, you get tons of characters you can uh, create access to all the DLCs that have been put out in the three years we've been doing this we've just released our eighth one and we're going to be on to our ninth very soon we've had 31 game updates going to the game since we've been uh, live a lot of those have free new systems and content for players to enjoy so we are hitting when when players who have never experienced a game before get onto the PS4 there is a lot of road in front of them to to drive down you know a lot of track in front of the train so to speak that they can enjoy all the content we've spent three years um, sure three years doing now what we did when we decided we were going to go onto the PS4, we pretty much touched every asset in the game, upresed all the textures, increased all the fidelity of uh, you know the, the the graphics in the game. So you'll notice, like on my character, uh, I'll show you the other one too. Just a lot more detail in the uh, in the character design in the armor itself. You can see we've really gone in and. And done a lot of work. So here. it's really based more on the PC build, and then you brought it over from there. Or did you do all? We the actually took the PC, PS3 assets oh, and yeah, upres the PS3 assets. Um, yeah, so uh, it wasn't based on the PC okay. part at all. So we've touched everything in here to really make a lot of improvements to the visual look of the game. In addition, we had to take the engineering effort to go through here and make the make the thing work on the PS4. Uh, here's another example of some of the enhanced graphics. Oh. You can kind of see the detail on the character here with the 
Yeah, Especially on the, like scratches and stuff on the armor yeah. and all kinds of stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, so then we had to actually get it working. So the engineers have been working porting over Unreal 3 and this uh, and, and all of our uh, client and server technology onto the PS4 while making sure it still worked on the PS3, of course, because yeah, yeah. we still have a loyal client base there. And um, then also the design team, you know, we've had three years almost of feedback from our players, what they liked, what they didn't like, what they had difficulty with, what was too easy, quite frankly, where they were like, you know, risk-reward was out of balance in either direction. And we went in and we addressed 2,000 pieces of their feedback for the, we, we treated this like a relaunch, you know, like we wanted to get in there and make sure that all the players coming in free to play on the PS4 weren't going to, you know, have the same kind of uh, experiences that the PS3 players had issues with, right? So we addressed all of that. Um, So when people come on board here on the PS4, they can download the game. It does not require a PlayStation Plus account to play. Okay, yeah. That's huge. That was, yeah, that, that's really huge. Yeah, it does not require a PS Plus account, uh, so it is truly free to play. Cool. Um, you'll be able to hit the ground right. We'll be there on launch day, which is great. Let me go down to the city street here. You can see how amazing the city looks, too. I mean, it's you look just the, uh, fantastic. What the, like the install sizes when you download it? I think it's 18 right now. Okay, that's 18 not bad. gigs, I, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm spacing on the number. People are flipping out about oh, that because, like, if you get the download version of like Killzone, it's 39 gig. Oh yeah, 500 gig hard drive. Yeah, we're we're way less than that. I can confirm the number with you after. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And we also did things like just uh, on the PlayStation Three, we had to really be concerned at launch about perf, right? And so we had some constraints we had to work with. In the three years that we've been live, we've been able to optimize the client a lot on the PS3. And uh, this allowed us to do some extra things for all the platforms. Okay. Uh, we added in a lot of environmental effects here, That's like really this cool. smoke and uh, mist and fog. And each, each piece of content has different stuff going on. Some of it's magic-based because we have the Wonder Woman and Cersei missions that go into the game. So you'll see magical like you know spells and effects going in the air. Some of them are tech-based because of these guys. So you'll see you know nanite clouds from the uh, OMAC virus oh, uh, cool. up in North Gotham. Uh, and then other times you'll see uh, stuff like this where there's just environmental destruction and we just have smoke and clouds and things like that going through the area. Over there you can see Scarecrow has unleashed some fear gas on the east end, so it's floating around in that area. I'm just going to get up to the top of Wayne Tower here, see if I can't find the Nightstone. should be over here and give you a look at the OMAC virus. But the city looks amazing. Hey, your draw distance is a lot better now, too, huh? Yeah, that was the other thing, too. Everything got to be pushed out a lot more. Uh huh. So, cool. uh, so the, the cities just are a lot more immersive now. And a lot of these changes are, are uh, on the PS3 as well. Wow. But only the PS4 is really... There's the OMAC virus that's, that's infecting civilians over in this oh, area yeah. by the Nightstone. And so it just gives an extra bit of immersion, um, you know, for the content that is... That is going on there. Just park it on Stag Industries. There we go. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's been a an awesome awesome effort by the team to get this thing working on the PS4. Technically, artist, uh, you know, environmentally with the art and on the design side yeah. to address a lot of the. It's cool that you're gonna feedback. have a launch day too. I mean, if yeah. you have that many people on PS3 playing this, which I never expected that. Yeah, we have so. a ton, a ton of PS3 folks. Uh, and the, here's the great news. So not only do you not need a PlayStation Plus account to play this, but 
one of the big things that we were concerned about was what was going to happen when our community of PS3 players, you know, half of them or more or however, maybe less, I have no idea, right, actually get a PS4 and start playing the game on the PS4. Was, were leagues going to break up? Were, were friends going to not be able to play each other anymore? Right. Were people going to have to make the tough decision of, do I want to upgrade my console? Uh, or do I want to remain on the PS3 and play with my friends? You know, what, Do I want the enhanced experience? Or do I want the community that I've become uh, a part of for the last three years? Well, they're not going to have to make that decision because the PS3 and the PS4 are actually going to share servers. Nice. So these these players, even if they upgrade, will still be able to play with their friends. Um, that's really been important to us that's because huge. these games are about community and friendships and relationships. You know, yeah, they're sure they're surely about like you know getting loot and smashing people in the face and climbing up the progression ladder. And I got there first, you know, sure. But you can't do it without your friends in right. these games. You you need people to hang out with, and so it was important for us to maintain those relationships. Here's an example of. We put out a lot of before and after videos. There was no destruction here in the environment um, previous to our PS4 overhaul. And we even went back in and made changes to the environment itself, as you can see right here. You know, this crash site was just literally grass and this hedge maze. And it was as if nothing really was going on here. And content had just kind of been plopped into it. Mm -hmm. We came back in and actually remodeled the terrain, put in the environmental effects of the smoke, all the fire the crashed models of the ships, uh, everything got an upgrade. So you'll see this on all servers, mm. uh, all clients, even on the PS3. So we've been able to improve the game across the board on all platforms while nice. we did this effort. So it's been a really awesome time for us. We're really excited to be on the platform because of Sony's um, you know, emphasis on free-to-play titles. Uh, we felt like we fit in, and we're really happy that they approved us to go onto the platform. So um, just because I haven't played this for so long, I don't know if the PS3 one supports now, but is this going to support at any time, like, keyboard and mouse for those people that you want to try to bring over from PC or that are thinking about moving from PC? Um, it's odd. We, we support controllers on the PC because this right. is an action game, and it does play great on the controller. So if you want to plug in a controller or peripheral on the PC, we'll allow right. you to do that. Um, as for, like, mouse and keyboard on the, on the actual PlayStation consoles... Um, we're not. I, I don't. There's like a policy for that. It's. It's. I don't know why, but we we weren't able to get. We had a keyboard and mouse working at one point, but we had to turn it off. That's weird. I'm not sure why that occurred or if we can revisit that. But right now, no. Um, it okay. doesn't support that. They they kind of made us go over to the virtual keyboard um, instead huh. of having a normal keyboard. But I, you know, I don't have much details on why those decisions were made. Um, I could revisit that and follow up with you through Raquel if you. If oh you'd yeah, like, but. I'm just asking because I have a feeling somebody will ask eventually. Yeah, really, the mm -hmm. only thing I think you'd want a mouse and keyboard for in our game on the console is for communication, right. right? I need to do some chat with my friends, or maybe inventory management and things like that might be a little easier. But actually, the gameplay itself, um, I find, is much much more fluid on the controller. Um, however, if you're PvPing. People with mouse and keyboards just really, really do a lot better in the combat <laughs> because of how fast they don't have to cord. Right, right. They can just hit the number keys, and they also don't have to, like, when they block, 
Um, it just it's very different when you're hitting shift and you can just do shift jump and you can do right, all right, kinds right. of things. There's things called clipping in our game. I'll show you what clipping is. I'm doing a combo right here and I can actually clip out of it with a power. Oh, okay. So normally you do this, right? But if I wanted to, I can I can oh. clip the power. The attack still goes through, but yeah, yeah. my power goes off at the same time. That's a lot easier to do on a mouse and a keyboard or on a keyboard, I should say. So for PvP, there's a bit of an advantage there okay. for sure. But right now we are, you know, they they want us to support the controller, and I think a lot of that has to do with things like the share button. There's no share button on the mouse right. and the keyboard, right. so they want you to be, you know, kind of with the controller and tying into the <laughs> systems. But that's okay with me because this is a really important button to us. Yeah. Um, you know, Sony Online Entertainment is really into live streaming with the community and doing all kinds of things. We have a program called Player Direct, which allows players to put videos together about the game. Maybe they're how-to guides. Maybe they're informational. Maybe they're more machinima. It doesn't really matter. If it's a cool video, we'll put it up on our YouTube site and promote it and, you know, allow those players who are trying to share their experiences with DCO with the rest of the community. Um, So we love this button. Uh, Very important button. It's a pretty cool feature. (laughs) It was funny when we got... Battlefield 4 last week for PS3, we had a bunch of times where somebody on the chat went, oh, we have a share button yet! <laughs> we just had some epic stuff happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun to play with. I agree. So, yeah, so that's one reason I think that they're leaning more toward promoting the controller, um, you know, because it has an ingrained feature sure. that they're looking to. And plus, the other thing is, too, my guy's a fire guy, so I've got this orange little light here. This oh, guy's that's nice cool. guy, so a little blue, a little immersiveness you wouldn't get on the keyboard, I suppose. Yeah, you know? Killzone, actually, Killzone actually uses that to show you what your health is. Oh, that's kind of so, so it so goes red. Kinda... No, not really, because when you have your hand on it, your fingers are there, and you can see it reflecting off your fingers. I was surprised at how, how intuitive that actually is. Really? Because it'll go yellow when you're getting damaged, and if it gets red, that means you're almost ready to die. And I would look down and I'd see it like, oh crap, you know, because you just don't think about it sometimes. So it was, it was kind of funny. Kind of neat. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it right away, but all of a sudden I realized it was there. You know what? I'm going to bring that back and say, hey, you need to start making this flash when you start getting low on health. You'd be surprised because you're already on the triggers, but you you don't have your fingers on the triggers all the time. You have them kind of resting out here. Good idea. And you can see it off your fingers there, even. Good idea. I'm going to need you to sign a release for that idea. <laughs> honey, honey, yeah, honey. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, what kind of questions can I answer for you if you have any either about the game or the game on PS4? Um, is there anything? Well, it sounds like, you know, it, it's pretty uh, pretty on par with the features in the, in the PS3 version and everything. So, that's, I mean, that, that was actually the question I had was, are you guys going to be splitting people apart nope. and all that stuff? So, nope. it's, it's good to hear that you're not. And yeah. We are full on uh, uh, merging those communities. They will not have to, not have to skip a beat. And of course, we're supporting PS3, PC, and PS4 going okay. forward for a long time. You know, we have no plans to, um, you know, phase out the PS3 or anything like okay. that. It's That's a good. really important platform for us. It's it's where we cut our teeth in yeah. uh, getting this game onto the console and doing not only free to play action MMO on the console. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really a revolutionary title. I'm very proud of the team for getting on there in the first place. And now this this platform is really giving it room to expand yeah. even more. Well, I mean, that's good to hear, too, because when you think that there's 80 million PS3s out there, you're not going to sell 80 million PS4s in the first year. No. So you don't want to abandon those people. No, definitely not. I know we have a lot of people in our community that aren't getting a PS4 right away. They either can't afford it, they don't want to afford it. 
what they want to wait for more games, that kind of thing. So yeah, people in our community were always voicing their opinion. They were really concerned about us going to the PS4. In fact, a lot of them were resentful that we were going to the PS4 because they thought it meant a signal that mm, we were yeah. abandoning them or that we were going to be you know, uh, cannibalizing their community uh, as people moved over. Right. And then we announced that we were going to all be on the same platform, and they were like, yeah! They were really That's excited, really cool. and then the cries to put the PC on the same server began, so that we can have all big one one big community. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be looking that into the future. I was going to say, do you see that ever happening? Or well, I mean, we had everything server? running on the same server in beta. Okay, we had PS3 and PC all on the same server. It just came down. There's no technical reason we can't do it. It came down to other reasons, awesome. you know. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say politics. Oh, okay. Just sort of legal and um, you know business reasons. They wanted to keep those separate. And it made sense. It made a lot of sense. Uh, War Thunder is a game that's going to launch with the European launch of the PS4. I believe it'll be out in the U.S. before the end of the year. So this is another free-to-play game uh, from these developers over in Europe. I think they're Russian, I think. But it's it, right now it's all warplanes. And it's basically every plane that was a part of World War II. And you go on missions, you know, you're given missions, you can play uh, cooperatively with three other people, and a lot of them are on 32-player servers. So we talked about that a little while, and every one of these games that, that had a lot of players, I was asking, like, you know, how can we get together with our other friends? This is the one that worries me the most, because it sounds like, because they have the, the servers kind of set up for player balancing, they want to try to keep players that are at, you know, a, a similar level on the servers, they don't want to have like a 1 and a 50 on the same server, that sort of thing. So it doesn't sound like if we wanted to have a PS Nation night, we'd be able to do it on one server, which kind of blows. Uh, but it is a neat game, man. It looks gorgeous, too. It, the amount of detail with these planes is truly astounding. And you can do a lot of things. Uh, like you can just be a gunner in a B-17 or you can handle the bombing or whatever else. Uh, it was cool. And they're going to be adding tanks soon. And they're also talking about adding warships as well. So... My buddy Cap and Ripsnort from the Battle for 1942 days can get back on and do some ships. But it's neat. Again, another free-to-play game. They, they also said that it's a game that you can get through all the way without paying a cent. Um, you know, if you want to get some of the cool stuff, there are, like, specific planes that are very unique that are premium planes, they call them. And you'd have to pay a little bit of money for those, that sort of thing. But uh, everything in the game is, is... Or you can get through the entire game free. So that's pretty cool. Again... A game that you're going to have on your PS4 that is a good game. It's not just some schlock they threw out. Um, unfortunately, it's just a little bit of a delay here in the U.S. Uh, well, I'll talk about this one, and then we'll go to another interview. How about that? So, got to sit down with Kojima, and uh, they didn't have any like they didn't have a PS4 set up with Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, but they had a, it was a pre-render or a pre-recorded walkthrough uh, that I got audio for, but I'm not going to put the audio out because the video is actually hitting on Friday. So there's no point in me doing a lot with this, but I will say what they showed was pretty cool. I mean, there were some moments where I was even like, whoa, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the, it's, it's Metal Gear, but it seems a little bit more like Metal Gear 4, but it's this open world environment now. So they showed us like riding in, in a truck and you could uh, spot enemies with binoculars and, and tag them so that you know where they are and uh, but, you know, the sneaking is a little bit different now because you're out in the daylight in an in, in open area and you uh, have to take a lot of guys out. So it looks cool. I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm very excited for it. 
And uh, we'll see what happens because they're supposedly making some big announcement on uh, the Spike special tonight too. So, um, but check out the video. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I was impressed. I uh, uh, the video. I mean, it was uh, kind of hanging all over the place and everything. But you know, the game's not done yet, so you expect that. All right. Um, so let's let's do another interview here. Uh, I was so fortunate to sit down with the guys from uh, Sucker Punch, uh, and also with Greg Phillips, who's a pretty good friend of mine on Facebook, and I've talked to him a bunch of times uh, elsewhere. He's a producer from Sony. Um, I actually got to play Infamous Second Son, and I played it before I talked to him because I wanted to be able to ask them more questions. So I got to say, wow. Uh, we're getting the... Actually, the, I'm recording this on Thursday. Tonight on the Spike show, we're actually going to be getting the release date, which is pretty awesome. I can't wait for that. But... um I'm telling you, this is like infamous times a thousand. It, it's everything infamous strived to be on the PS3, but I think the hardware held them back. And now that the hardware is not holding them back, it's so solid and it's so cool to watch and it's so cool to play. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a bunch of stuff they haven't even revealed yet. So if you like infamous second son is going to be a must buy. I can already tell you. Uh, so check out the interview and uh, I'll be back after that. All right. Uh, well, it's time to talk probably one of my most anticipated games, uh, Infamous Second Son. So with me, I've got... Uh, Greg Phillips. I'm one of the producers uh, at Sony working with Sucker Punch on Infamous Second Son. And? Uh, I'm Brian Fleming. I'm one of the founders at Sucker Punch, uh, the studio behind Second Son. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. So uh, just got to play a little bit of it, and I got to say, it's awesome. Uh, nice. I-, I love the series, so obviously I was, I've really been looking forward to this one. It's so cool to see this game on PS4 with all the extra features and just everything you guys get to play with. Um, so I guess kind of explain a little bit about what we know so far. I know, I know you haven't released a lot of details yet, but kind of what the story elements sure. are that we know so far and where we're going from there. Well, the Second Son story, you know, is centered on Delson Rowe, and he's a you know a twenty-somethings kid who grew up on a reservation outside of Seattle, and uh, it's uh, the the two primary characters in the story are Delson and his brother Reggie, who's the police officer for the tribe. And uh, they happen to be together when there's a, a, a crash, you know, in a road that's right adjacent to the village, and, and they rush over to try and help people. And in the process of pulling someone out of the wreckage, uh, something happens to Delson, and he has this transformation where he suddenly um, is able to control and, and direct smoke um and and it turns out that he's absorbed this ability from the person he was dragging out of the uh out of the wreckage um and and you know through a few twists and turns it leads the brothers on an adventure where they decide they need to go find out if he can uh absorb other people's powers and potentially right some wrongs uh and so uh here in the demo that you just played you know it's it's primarily showcasing a, a pretty wide set of the smoke abilities that Dawson right. has and uh, we're even going to tease a little bit uh, the next set of powers he gets, which is the ability to drain and control a light from neon signs. And so we'll which see more of that. Was this in that week. trailer uh, the the owl sign or whatever, right? Yeah, that's where he was draining it. And then uh, uh, you know, this week we're starting to reveal for the first time the navigation power that goes with that, and some of the the really simple uh, offensive powers as well. So we're awesome. just starting to kind of reveal that stuff. Awesome. So. From your side of things, from the producer side of things, uh, what 
in the process has has, has there been like a, a a change, like a big change from PS3 to PS4 in how you have to handle things, or is the development process pretty much the same? Um, I mean, this one's maybe in the end better for Brian to answer than I am, but okay. I. I think and any time you go from a hardware transition, there's new things in the box you can take advantage of. Um, you know, the, the architecture is really nicely set up. GPU is really nicely powered. And Brian can kind of specifically go through, I think, some of the stuff they've done to really kind of take advantage of the, the power of the PS4 in terms of, um, like, particle generation uh, and things of that nature. Well, even all the physics. I mean, even when I was playing it, we were taking a look at, uh, you know, where you can just use that charge shot and take a tower completely down and not everything disappears. You know, there's actually debris now and, and, uh, it seemed to break, break apart a lot more realistically. And, uh, the, the thing that I, it was kind of funny, I, I noticed it before you brought it up, but, uh, the rain actually kind of collecting on the street and you can see everything reflecting off of it, even off in the distance, you know, some lights and everything. And you can see like if a pedestrian walks by, you can see, you know, the reflection in that water and, and even the shimmering effect where it's not just static. It seems like it's actually got a texture of its own. Yeah, it does. So, you know, I just to go back to the sort of the big question, which is the PlayStation 4, I think for us, you, the experience has been super positive. Uh, we've spent, you know, vastly more engineering cycles uh, on the game and less on, you know, bending yourselves into a pretzel to work on the console. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that alone, I think, makes for better games. You know, it's just going to make each game you know, incrementally better because you're spending more of your engineering cycles on the fun part yeah. uh, instead of the getting it to run part. And so um, I think for us, the experience of the PlayStation 4 has been really good. And, you know, we're in the launch window, and that's traditionally a very challenging thing because things are in flux or the dev kit availability is poor. But those things have gone really, really well for that's us. Awesome. Um, and so... Uh, I think it, you know, it's going to be reflected in the final game that we've been able to, you know, relatively. I mean, there's always, you know, a few snags that you're going to hit along the way, sure. but uh, I think it's been a relatively clean development process for us. Uh, we were one of the first teams uh, running on the development kits, and they've been solid the entire time through. I mean, you know, there's always, like I said, there's always, you know, some part of some new features or something that's not all the way working. But for the most part, it's been we've been very focused on on literally just building Second Son instead of building the technology. So that's been a, a really pleasant experience. And you guys are even using the uh, the little speaker built into the controller, which I thought was pretty cool. You've seen I've seen a couple other games that are using it. Yep. And uh, what what are you primarily using it for? Just kind of those. Those environmental sounds, or like when you're interacting with things. Or? Well, we're big fans of the DualShock overall. All yeah. the changes, you know, from the sticks to the speaker to the touchpad, um, and you know, even some stuff that we haven't we haven't talked about. Um, I think that the controller, you know, when as game makers, we think a lot about it because it's the only way that the player can communicate with us. Right. You know, it's the it's this it's this it's the single point of contact, and so. We look at the touch and the speaker and, you know, the sticks and all the different ways the player can give us their intentions and try and find ways to communicate as best we can with them. So the speaker, for example, you know, when you're uh, low on health, you know, the heartbeat sound comes right. out of that. And it, and it just feels – oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. It happens. My beloved wife uh, <laughs> trying to reach me. Um, so um, the speaker, when we use the speaker on the controller, we use it sparingly, I would say. Sure. But we're looking for ways to kind of 
make the immersion better. And so, you know, when you're low on health, um, we use the heartbeat sound kind of comes out of the controller and puts it closer to you instead of, you know, 10 feet away. Um, and we use it when you're finger scanning, you know, the sound of the machine that you're actually touching comes out of that speaker just again to try and close the distance between the player and the game. Um, but it's not like lots and lots and lots of sounds are coming out of it because, you know, a lot of times you have a, a, a big investment in a big uh, surround sound speaker. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. You really want to make sure that players are talking and, and the character voices are all coming through that, you know, that wonderful system the the customers, you know, installed. Right. And even the stuff that I saw that you guys have for the touchpad seems really intuitive. And, and you know, I think a lot of people have a fear when... I'll say, for example, like when Uncharted came out for the Vita, there were some things in there that used the touchpad that seemed very kind of gratuitous, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, oh, touchscreen's here. We're just going to add this stuff to it. And it doesn't seem that that way here. It seemed very intuitive and, and, you know, just kind of adds that to that immersion as well. So, well, I think, you know, one of the questions we get is, is this a gimmick? And I think there are going to be sequences like, let's take the most you know, banal example, which is like the menus. It works really, really well on navigating menus. And will people think that's a gimmick? Well, I don't think they will. I think that'll be just a really natural way to to move around and navigate through complex interfaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I don't think that's a gimmick. And um, and then the the next stage, you know, we had you scan your finger, or we had you lifting up uh, the core of the right. tack trailer, and then and blasting underneath it, and and. Those are new experiences. They're novel experiences. We try and put them into places where you're not in heavy combat. Um, we've sort of designed the game to to make those either incredibly short interactions and typically ones you would not do in combat because moving your hands around the controller in heavy combat we've found is not uh, something that that is kind of you know keeps the flow going uh, that that we're we're after in combat. Um, but I do think that having some some small gestures in allows you to be closer to what's going on on screen. And from our standpoint, if it's not more fun on the touchpad, then it shouldn't be on the touchpad, right. which isn't to say that um, that everything belongs on the touchpad. So I think it's, you know, this is our, we have to use our judgment about what we think. There's certainly, you know, Greg's uh, one of the Sony producers, and we've there's no memos from them saying, you know, you have to use the touchpad or like <laughs> we're doing it because we think it's the right thing, not because uh, we're being compelled to do it because we're uh, you know in the launch window. I would think that Greg would be a lot more subtle. He would show up with boxes of donuts. There'd be little notes in there. Did you realize that the DualShock Four has a touchpad? <laughs> How have you used the touchpad today? <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I mean, as Brian said, I think a good thing about this is there's not any edict from on high to you have to kind of use the hardware, use the controller features when they make sense to the game. Sure. And Sucker Punch has come up with a few really cool ways, some we've shown, some we haven't, um, to really kind of add a little bit of tactile feel to it. So it's like, okay, I'm really feeling like as I slide my thumb up, I feel like I'm lifting this up, which yeah. you could do it with a button, but it feels like you're kind of you're getting a little bit more interactive with it. The finger scanner, I think, is the one that everybody gets immediately because you put your finger on the pad and you kind of trace to where your finger is on the pad and then right. go through the scanning, and then you get the sound on the controller, so it kind of b- brings the whole thing together. That's pretty cool. Um, are you going to make me look for security cameras all the time again? Um, well, certainly the DUP is a surveillance state, so it would not be surprising if there were some security cameras in the game. In fact, if you play here, you can see some of them. So. Right, right, yeah. I just had to ask that. Um, one, of the, I mean, one of the major tones of the first two games, obviously, is this, uh, this choice that you have to kind of go on the good side or the evil side. 
has that been discussed in this game at all? Is it something you can talk about? Is that going to be here? Well, we can certainly talk about you know the foundational principles of what we think the infamous universe is, and you know obviously it's a game about people typically low status, you know, a bike messenger or a kid from a res um, who goes on to develop powers. I mean right. that's central, and we're we're certainly on on theme here, and and we've always believed that not just infamous, but really the whole genre of um, of you know superheroes and superhuman uh, fiction, whether it's you know n- you know comics, whether it's uh, films, or whether it's video games, we really think you know a foundational part of that is the sort of you know Uncle Ben, great power, great responsibility quote. Yeah. I I really think that that's one of the things that we've always believed about the Infamous Universe is that we have to allow the player to choose to play it. Uh, differently depending on how they want to play and you know they can make choices to be uh careful with civilians and they can make choices to be uh ruthless with them and uh that's part of this game too and i think it's you know it's part of the dna of the infamous franchise okay good uh so even though this podcast is coming out on thursday i think it's going to be before uh it's going to be announced but uh, you told me that uh we're going to get a release date on thursday during the spike thing i think yeah i uh it's my understanding that uh, all of that will be clear release dates uh there'll be maybe maybe some new uh video assets shared so nice. we'll see how that goes we're, okay. we're all watching that show on thursday night yeah i wish i could be here for that i i, I have to get back and like make money but uh I, I would suggest everyone watch that uh that thing on, i think it's on spike that night and uh I, i've been hearing rumblings the last couple of days about what's going to happen and it sounds like it's going to be pretty pretty major. So if you're a PlayStation fan, you're probably going to want to watch it. Uh, guys, thanks very much for taking the time. I don't want to take any more because I'm sure there's probably someone sitting outside. But I uh, can't wait for this game. It's it's on my top five. I mean, seriously, I, I cannot wait for this game. Great. Well, we're, we're, we're going to go back to work after this. i got a plane to catch. Yeah, what go are you back doing here? More on this. So. <laughs> we'll get back to it. Awesome. Well, uh, keep your eyes out uh, on the website uh, for any more information for Infamous Second Son. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks a bunch. And thanks to everybody for listening. Yep. All right. Well, thanks to those guys for sitting down and taking the time to talk to me. Um, it was perfect timing, too, because like right when I was bundling up, somebody from like Entertainment Weekly had to come in for a session. So uh, thanks to those guys. And I'm serious. I cannot wait for Infamous Second Son. Unfortunately, Josh is going to steal that out of my hands for the review. But I guess I have to let Josh have it. All right. Uh, next up is a game that blew my mind uh nba 2k14 wow (laughs) it's funny when you see this game because like you know madden looks good it's not that great nba live eh. uh fifa looked great and fifa out of all the EA sports games i think fifa 14 looked the best but then i see nba 2k14 built from the ground up for next gen uh, this is not a port of the PS3 slash Xbox 360 version. Completely rebuilt. Uh, every player, they, they said they scanned around 85% of the NBA players, and you can tell. Like, you can see every little pore on their skin. You can see all this detail. And they were even saying that some of the players, when they saw how the scans were coming out, were asking, like, oh, can I call somebody and have them come, like, trim my hairline and everything else? Uh, they were They were that freaked out about it, but movement everything is so photorealistic now stunning uh the amount of detail they go into like actually having like the individual pens rendered on the scoring table 
and when you see the the you know the the big bracket that holds the uh, the basket up, how the microphones are actually connected to it, and all the wires come off of it. I mean, all this minute detail that you would never expect, but now with the power of these next gen systems, they can do. Uh, the crowd up until the very very top of the arena, the crowd is all polygonal. Uh, very little rep- repetition in the crowd too. I mean, you can see it every now and then, but very very little. Uh, they were saying that the crowd is actually all 2K employees that they scanned in. So they were actually going through it and like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. Oh, there's the janitor. I mean, it was pretty funny when they were explaining it. But gameplay is great. Um, use a lot of the right stick now. I don't know if it was that way in the PS3 version because they actually said that there are more features in the PS4 version of the game. Uh, additional content, especially in the uh, the like the like their, their career system. A lot more content in that. Uh, and they go into detail. I'll see if I can salvage some of the audio from our, our sit down because they went through a lot of that info and if it is I'll, I'll include it here at the very end of it um at the very end of me talking about it uh, but i did play uh and it it was great like i i don't normally like nba games but it didn't have that sluggish feeling anymore i mean you obviously have still have some inertia that you have to deal with and and you know the weight of the player but really really snappy uh, the right stick is used a lot, so if you just want to do kind of a dribble move, you just kind of tap left or right. If you want to shoot the ball, you know, obviously uh, push forward on the stick and let off when you need to let off for the release point. So very intuitive controls. I picked up on it right away. And just how stunning the game looks. I might actually, if I have time to play it, I could see myself getting this game. It's that good. And me, I mean, I don't like the NBA anymore. I haven't liked it for years, but it is awesome. I my hat is off to to two K because man, they are the premier sports game right now in my mind. Until MLB the show comes out, obviously. Uh, let's see here. What next? Battlefield. I mean, the stream's up there. Check out Battlefield. It's awesome. It's it's so great on the PS4. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not like being on a high end thirty five hundred dollar PC at, at ultra settings, but it looks damn good. And it plays great. The only thing I'm upset about right now, because they told me that it was going to be swappable, uh, you have to use R2 and L2 for uh, Zoom and for Fire. And I'm not happy about that. So they need to allow us to switch that. I actually tweeted in last night, pissing and moaning. Uh, next up, FIFA 14. I actually didn't even play it because I, I didn't want to make a fool of myself, but I did watch the guy play it. It's stunning. I The lighting, how all the lighting reacts correctly now. The entire crowd is polygons. There's very little repetition there as well. Although in soccer, it seems like there's a lot of repetition anyway, because I've always thought that with that sport, their their fans are so passionate. You see probably nine out of 10 people wearing the colors of their team. You know, it's not even like going to a football game around here where even at, at, at Lambeau Field, not everybody has green and gold or obviously blaze orange on. Uh, so, you know, you're going to see a lot of red jerseys up there for, for the team or whatever, but wow. Um, they actually have a bunch of cameras around the field like they do in, in a normal broadcast. And every one of those is a camera that you can go to when you watch a replay. Um, the ball actually reacts correctly now. It doesn't, oh, and this is the same way in NBA 2K, by the way, you don't see that magnet effect anymore when the ball hits their hand. The ball is actually reacting with the player hand now, or in, in, in FIFA with her foot. And uh, you, you just see this great animation. You see this great interaction between not only that, but also 
uh, with FIFA, the animation uh, uh, transitions. So now when players kind of interact with each other, bump into each other or whatever, because I've seen the PS3 version of FIFA and of Pez running, and that was one of the first things I noticed with FIFA 14 on PS4 was that total interaction between the players, because now they have all this additional animation memory. There's so many more subtle transitions, and it's never, you never see like that pop, you know, you never see like it click over to a different animation. It's all completely smooth. Uh, looked fantastic. Uh, for FIFA fans, I think you're going to be insanely happy. Uh, it, this is not just some really quick kind of port. Like Madden feels. <laughs> I hate to bag on Madden, but right now, I mean, well, let's get to Madden. Uh, so I can't review it because uh, the embargo lifts tomorrow morning, but, you know, everybody's like, oh, it looks like the PS3 version. Uh, yes and no. So let's get away from that a little bit. First off, it's really clean looking. It looks good. You know, the whole crowd is polygons now, the whole nine. Stadiums look good. I think the stadiums could look better, though. The textures still seem kind of muddy. Uh, you know, the f- field, now you can see all the grass, the blades of grass while you're playing. It's not just when you're zoomed in. You can actually see it all the time. But I also noticed some cheats, or I call it cheats. Like when, you're cl- when the player's cleats are tearing up the field, what you would tear up would actually clear away and go back to grass. It wasn't persistent at all. So there was no degradation of the field. That's... Ridiculous. I mean, we've seen that on, on the PS3 even. So that seems like kind of a cheat to me. Uh, animation obviously is a lot better, a lot smoother on the on the PS4 version. Uh, again, transitions of animations between the player interactions is a lot better. Uh, you don't see that hesitation anymore, finally. Uh, so the game actually plays pretty smooth. But in terms of games making the leap from PS3 to PS4 for sports, this one seems like the laziest, in my opinion. Uh, it's a solid game of Madden. I obviously haven't even been able to try it online yet, but it's a solid game. But f- the problem is we have so many other games out there at launch that are so phenomenal compared to you know their older generation brothers and sisters. Uh, this one just seems kind of lazy, like I said. So it's a little frustrating, uh, but it's a, it's a good game overall. And I'm going to send it off to Josh for the full review, obviously. But I did get to play it some yesterday and. I did put a share video. If you're on my Facebook friends, I, I shared a video out to my uh, to my uh, account on Facebook, and you can check that out. It's not the videos you upload definitely look better on the PSN social site than they do when you upload them to like Facebook and stuff. I will say that. So it looks good. It's not the best in the world though, but it, it looks good. It's definitely better than what they used to do in the PS3. Uh, NBA Live I just didn't see enough of, but I wasn't, I don't know. I, the, the problem is I think NBA Live would be really good. The problem is NBA 2K14 exists. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> NBA Live or NBA 2K14 is just so damn good. Uh, it's really hard to live up to those expectations after you've seen that game. So I'm, I'm happy that EA is finally bringing a basketball game back out. The competition's always good to have. I'm hoping that they see what 2K are doing and just focus on that for next year. And hopefully we'll see something truly outstanding next year. Uh, let's see. I wanted to see Child of Light from Ubisoft. It's an RPG coming out early next year. I wanted to see it. I just ran out of time. I'm actually pretty good friends with the PR guy, though, so we're going to try to get some kind of coverage on the website soon. I know that a lot of people that are RPG gamers are very upset, and I don't blame you, because there's really no RPG stuff at launch for PS4, but uh, this is probably going to be your first major title on ps4 and uh, we definitely want to get some coverage for you guys so i will definitely be looking into that uh next up i'll do this one and then we'll go to the uh, kill zone interview uh 
So, oh, let me do my really quick and dirty review of Knack. Knack, there is a review for Knack, and there's a review for Killzone Shadowfall up on the website at psnation.com. Uh, I gotta say, Knack surprised the hell out of me. I, it was my lowest expectations in terms of a, a PS4 launch title out of any of them. And I think people that listen to the podcast know that. I was truly charmed by the game. Uh, it's long. It's about 10 hours long. They have a lot of items to pick up, so Josh is going to love it. Uh, so there is replayability there. They, it's pretty obvious they want you to replay it. One problem that I want to make sure everybody realizes, and Mark Cerny brought this up to me, and I, I wanted to make sure to convey this because I think he's got a great point. When we were re- reviewing the game last week, the social features of the PS4 weren't up and running yet. And there's a very integrated social uh, piece in NAC that is pretty charming. So there's all these pickups to find, and a lot of the pickups will actually can be used to build a little gadget to be used in the game. So there's one where it'll actually tell you where the secrets are if you build this little gadget, if you get all six pieces or however many pieces. So it'll tell you if you're, you're close to a secret. There's a, you know, so there's all these little gadgets you can get. The social features, which I haven't seen yet, but he was explaining them to me, um, it'll basically say, like, oh, your friend just found this or your friend just got this. And it kind of makes you want to work harder toward that stuff. So be aware of that when you read some of the early reviews. And, I mean, we'll probably pick a, pick back up on that game and maybe even uh, do an addendum now that the social features are up and running. But the way I liken the game, it's basically like Ratchet and Clank, but not as funny, and Crash Bandicoot 2 in terms of how the camera works. So the cameras are all fixed, but they're not fixed like God of War fixed. They're fixed so that even if you go around a corner... The camera's fixed so that it goes around the corner and you don't lose sight of yourself. But it's more of an action, uh, 3D action platformer like Ratchet & Clank is, just not with all the crazy weapons. And the combat system's great. It's very easy to use. Get to know that right stick, because that right stick is your dodge feature, which you can even dodge up in the air when you jump. You need to learn that right stick or you're not going to get through this game. And it's funny, I read some of the reviews out there that pan the game, and, and the biggest reason they pan the game is the difficulty which I think is hilarious. So I played it on normal. I got through in ten, about 10 hours. Uh, never found it too difficult. There was, it's kind of funny too because they kind of do like the Wii U does where if you get stuck in a section and you die over and over, it'll pop up a little thing in the corner and show you kind of a little video and a hint of what you actually need to do. I only saw that once in the entire time I played the game. So I was, pr- I was pretty proud of myself. But it's a difficult game, and, and the checkpoints aren't every three steps, and that's fine. I'm great with that because I want that kind of a challenge in video games. So if, if you want a game that you just walk through and, well, whatever, blah, 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 that probably isn't for you, but I'm telling you, it's a fun game. It should not be missed. It should not be overlooked, and it supports co-op. So you can play on the couch co-op. You can play online co-op. You can even play, and they, and they showed this a few weeks ago, if you have a Vita... Go remote play or go second screen on the Vita, and you can play on the Vita while the other person's on the main screen, and you can play co-op that way. So, if you think it's a kids game, it's not. I would say the kid needs to be at least about ten to play it. But it's a lot of fun, and it's something that even if your kid's young, you can probably play it with your kid and have a good time, just not get through the whole story. Uh, so, I gave it an eight point oh, and I stand behind that. I, I I was very very surprised by the game, and I think it's great. So, go read the full review. And also, the cool thing about the review is every single screenshot I put in that review, and I have a huge gallery, 
every single screenshot was actually taken using the share functionality in the PS4. So if you want to see the image quality of what you're getting out of that thing when you upload those pictures, check that out. So uh, let's talk some Killzone Shadowfall. And uh, first up will be the interview from the guys. Uh, and I just had a blast. Uh, these are the other ones that I, I just hung around with so much with the, uh, a few people from the team and had an absolute blast. Um, they actually ran a, a multiplayer session for three hours on Monday night, and uh, it was so cool. So let's talk to the guys. When we get done, I'll come back and talk a bit more about the game and kind of do a quick and dirty review. Obviously, you want to go read it because it's a huge review uh, that includes all this multiplayer stuff. So uh, let's check out the interview. So I'm here with a couple of gentlemen that uh, put together probably my favorite launch title in history, not just on PS4, and I'm not just saying that. I, As people have seen in my review, because it should be out by the time uh, they listen to this, I can't believe this is a launch title for any system. Uh, very mature game. I mean, obviously, it's a part of a series, so you've had a lot of time to uh, you know put the storyline together and you know the whole universe. But uh, please introduce yourself, sir. Um, Steven Terheide, I'm the game director on Shadowfall. And you? I'm uh, Eric Bolchus, I'm the lead designer. Nice. Okay, so let's talk some Killzone. Uh, obviously, I haven't played the multiplayer yet except for a little bit, but we're going to have a big session tonight. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, focus more on just the single player, but also the game itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing that grabs me right away is how, and, and we talked about this at E3 actually, there are sections in this game that are a lot more open. You're not just walking down a dark hallway anymore. You know, you're not, you're not going from point A to point B to point C. As a, for a first-person shooter gamer and as a Killzone gamer, I, I will admit that that confused me a little bit at first. I didn't know where to go sometimes and everything else, but that really fostered that uh, kind of discovery and, and you know exploration aspect. Is that what you were going for? And kind of what was your thought process moving to that from your, your formula that you've had for so long? Right. We, we, we really wanted to give the player more choice. So we wanted, we just wanted to give the player more options, et cetera, to tackle different uh, situations the way he wants to uh, tackle them. So from the, from, the, from the ground up, we kind of told ourselves, okay, we're gonna, we want to give the player a lot more uh, abilities and a lot more... Uh, yeah, ways to, to, to solve problems essentially, and that went that philosophy went through everything. So that went through the kind of abilities that you have, the kind of movement options that you have, but also, like you say, through the different uh, different levels. So we wanted to make sure that um, uh, rather than say get from A to B, you know, it's it's still a linear story in that sense. You still have to get to specific funnels where the where the story kind of. Continues, right. but in between, that's where the interesting bits is. We've kind of d- devised uh, arena types where you, as a player, have a lot more choice whether you want to go left or right, if you want to go silent or, or more full out uh, combat. Uh, it's all up to you in that sense. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, the best analogy I can come up with is that we've previously we created roller coasters, and this time around we created Disneyland. So you're gonna get the pick. That's a way to put it. <laughs> you're gonna get the pick when you go onto a roller coaster. There's still kind of gonna be these big epic action moments, uh, but you kind of have all of that time in between to really sift through the backstory to get yourself into a position where you want to be from a tactical point of view before you engage and before you kind of start uh, start to fight and start to go on the, onto the roller coaster. Um, and that's one thing that we we 
we really learned from from our community from our fans is they they really like the backstory yeah but in order to tell the backstory you need to have some downtime if it's if it's full-on action if it's a roller coaster all the time if we're always kind of dialing it up to 11 at some point you kind of 11 doesn't feel like 11 anymore it right. just, you go numb and you don't have time to take in the backstory so really wanted to have that ebb and flow and that means we really needed to kind of look at the the way kind of the we constructed the environments to the types of abilities and all of these different things to ha- inspire more thoughtful gameplay and at the same time have more time to tell the story and the backstory and all of that. Well, you even have a couple puzzles in this game. Yep. Which shocked me. <laughs> okay. I wasn't ready for that at all. <laughs> Um, and, and even, you know, and, and the review I put up is absolutely spoiler-free, and I didn't talk about the story at all, so we'll try to avoid that here. But, you know, early on in the game, you get to a section where it almost felt, to a certain extent, like a survival horror when you get up to the, the, the space station. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty big step for you guys. Mm-hmm. For, you know, for uh, we've got three first-person shooters from you guys already. Um, oh, actually four, because the Vita one, too, mm-hmm. that are pretty much the same formula. I mean, right. were you afraid of all, at all about people not accepting some of these choices? Afraid? Uh, afraid, maybe not, but it is, it is kind of scary in a yeah. sense, because we, we have put ourselves out there. In, uh, you know, we've given ourselves more space in, in what kind of environments we build, what kind of encounters we build uh, through these through this new, new themes. We've, we've, we've really tried to push the bar there. Uh, for ourselves, but also for Killzone, um, and it's, it's just fun to try try different things, and it's it's part of, of, of the pacing again. That was Stephen was saying as well. It's it's you know some some levels you want a lot of combat, and some some levels you just want to slow down a little bit and just take in what has you know, what's going on. A lot right. of environmental storytelling in that sense, and uh, that, I think that that keeps the game fresh as you keep playing. You know, yeah, I think uh, the. Um we're a science fiction game, so, right. we, can, we, so we can we can go all out on, on different types of environments. And we really wanted to push that science fiction angle, saying we, we can go to exotic places and we can have more exotic types of scenarios. So we really started to focus on what, what would kind of constitute kind of fun encounters and, and kind of fun environments to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started to kind of piece together the story and, and how, how does that work? How does how would this fit in? Can we make this work? And of course we had, we had to drop a couple of things, but a lot of things just, just naturally slotted into place. Because um, we really wanted to create that sense of, of a tense um, kind of Cold War scenario where right. you feel like both sides have their fingers on the button. Uh, there's an arms race going on, and as soon as kind of the conflict spirals out of control, it's, it's game over. Your, your home world's gone. So we were really looking to create kind of scenarios where where that would work, and we would kind of put the player into that those tense situations and kind of go, do do I feel I'm doing the right thing? Is this is this conflict going the way that I thought it would be? Right. Um. One thing I, I just remembered, uh, switching over to multiplayer really quick, is the report that came out a couple weeks ago from you guys that you're not going to actually, you're planning on not releasing any balance patches, that this, the, the game itself actually kind of adjusts dynamically for we'll, weapons balancing? We'll, we'll release balance patches for sure. Okay. Uh, but the, the thing that we're, that we're after with kind of custom war zones um, is... We're not afraid of kind of weapons that are overpowered or abilities that are overpowered. Okay. If I look back at, at Killzone 2 right now, mm-hmm. what's being played on the servers, it's Radix Academy, rocket launchers only, yeah. and it's it's a spawn fest, and yeah. people just get killed. But they enjoy the hell out of it. Who are we to I say? <laughs> but who are we to say and to those people and say,
saying, stop playing that. That's not the way the game's supposed to yeah, play. Yeah. And, that, and I think that's really what Custom Warzone's going to allow you to do, is if, if people want to play those type of games, they can. Okay. And for those people who are looking for an, a different type of experience, they can also. So it's, it's really broad, so we're, we're, con- uh, we're conscious of, uh, of really not kind of breaking the balance uh, and thereby breaking some of these custom war zones. So we'll really look and see what's popular out there. Uh, we'll try and uh, feature those and push them to the front so that there's always something new to play. Uh, but it shouldn't be about kind of finding the perfect balance in, in, in all of these sure. things. I don't think you can ever find a perfect balance in games anyway. So exactly. Everybody I, I, always finds a way to exploit something. Exactly. And we'll, we'll start monitoring kind of dominant strategies and, and seeing how people use these in different war zones. But if people don't like certain abilities or they don't like certain classes because they think they're overpowered, create a war zone without them. Um, I know for sure Eric's going to turn off some things that he doesn't want to play with and <laughs> turn on a, some other things. It was a really interesting discussion in, in the office as well. Like when we first started with this concept, like a lot of people, even at, at, at Gorilla, were still thinking like, well, but you, need, you need one game mode that you're going to ship with. What is that game mode? And we were constantly saying like, no, no, it's not about that. It's like, if you don't like that ability, turn it off. If you don't like that mission mode, turn it off or turn it on or, or change it. And as we were developing the game, it, it, it slowly started to get, you know, get into people's heads that, oh, right. wait, actually, let's, this week we're going to do uh, like a frag, like we do frags at the, uh, at the office every week to sure. kind of test the game. It's like, uh, this week, let's do, just do sniper rifles only on this map because that sounds really cool to me. And then after that, some people went, well, you know, it wasn't for me. And some people really loved it. But that's the core of, of, of our multiplayer. It's, it's, there's, there's something, there's a war zone out there for everybody. Uh, either make it yourself or find it. But is there going to be anything that, any kind of mode that if, if somebody goes in and creates something, is it still going to be, uh, give you the ability to earn XP or... Absolutely. Okay, because you see a lot of times where, uh, like in Battlefield 3, they would make these maps where they're 500% tickets and, all mm-hmm. the, and, and very specific rules just so they could essentially XP boost. Mm-hmm. So are you putting anything in place to kind of try to eliminate some of that, well, let's just call it what it is, cheating? Well... For one, there's no XP in the game. Right. So we've we've made it challenge based. Okay. Uh, so it's more about skill rather than putting in a lot of time. Uh, and those challenges um, go towards kind of gameplay styles. They go towards kind of uh, uh, different weapons. Or uh, if, if you're very heavily focused on objectives, you can have all of these different kind of play styles. Uh, and that's where these challenges tap into. And um, sure, you can you can try and boost some of these challenges, but you'll only get so far because kind of that challenge tree runs out and you need to complete other things as well. Uh, so it's a lot more effective to do it in kind of normal normal games uh, because you would come across these situations a lot more frequently because the conditions that you have to create to make it happen are, are going to be quite difficult. They'll be okay. quite specific kind of challenges. Uh, okay. to All right. I'll believe you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, no I, think, I think it's a genius that you're doing it that way because... It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we, we don't know if we got it right. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we're, we're really... Post-launch, we're going to see how the community responds, what it is that we need to do, how, how are we going to be patching certain things, which... I mean, are there Warzone options that people uh, want that they, that they don't have right now so they can't create the Warzone that they really want? Let's, let's patch those in. Uh, challenges, are they unlocking things too quickly? Are they using it to... Uh, to boost or anything like that? How can we how can we prevent that or make use of it and 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 make a better game? So we've got the whole team lined up to to, to help support the game for at least eighteen months after launch with okay. with additional content with patches with all sorts of stuff. Really look at what the community is doing with it. Okay. 
Um, now, did you work on both multiplayer and single player? Or was yes. Okay, good. Um, how many maps does the game ship with for multiplayer? So we've got ten maps okay. out of the box, wow. and then after that, uh, all the maps that we build for the competitive multiplayer are going to be free, free of charge. So after that, any map pack that we that we release, you can just download. Really? Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> we think so as well. <laughs> and the reason I think so is because then you won't have... I mean, one of the problems we always have with when we have a, a multiplayer session online, half people don't have the DLC because they don't want to mm-hmm. buy it. Mm-hmm. So doing that, I, 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 they did that with Starhawk, and, mm-hmm. and it was so nice because we could get all the group on and, and still play. So that, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, can you say like kind of how many or what kind of content is coming in the future, or have you released any info on that yet? Well, the, the maps. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'll uh, we've got a couple of ideas of cool maps that we still want to make. Okay. Uh, but we'll also respond to what we see out there. Is if the community gravitates towards larger maps, or they think there's too few large maps out there, or smaller maps, or things like that we'll try and respond and kind of build additional content that that suits. Uh, kind of what people are looking for. At the same time, we'll also be creating expansion packs. We okay. really want kind of to deepen uh, the the whole experience, and that can go towards uh, additional challenges. Uh, we want to still create a co-op mode. We really wanted to have a co-op mode in there. Uh, we weren't able to. It's a huge game that we created, and uh, we just yeah. we, we just didn't have the time to create a co-op mode as well. So we're, we're starting on that after we launch. Wow. Uh, and so th- there's a whole bunch of stuff that's still coming. I actually was thinking about that when I was playing the single player, just how big and expansive some of those areas were. Uh, I mean, you still have the hallway stuff, obviously, but you get to a, a certain levels, and I mean, it's just you know, walking around. I actually got lost a few times. Where <laughs> the heck have I been? And then I come around the corner. Oh, I've been here before. Okay, well, now I'll go right into the left. You know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it was very different, and I enjoyed it. I, I didn't know, you know, I fear change. I'm an old man, so I, I fear change, but. I, I really uh, took to it pretty quickly, and, and I thought it was really neat that you guys did that. It was interesting during the playtesting as well. Like we had a lot of people that kind of just, when they first started playing, it was like, <laughs> where's the hallway? <laughs> where, where do I go? The game's not telling me where to go. Yeah. And we were kind of like, well, where do you want to go? And they're kind of like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then they got into it, and then they yeah, got yeah. used to it. Mm-hmm. And we even had like, people saying, like, yeah, I want to play this level again, because now you know, they're kind of starting to see the possibilities. You don't have to do all the objectives in the same order. You can you know, take out the, the comms tower uh, to, to stop the reinforcements from coming in first right. or last. It's all up to you. It's like, it, 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 that kind of freedom is, is, is I think, yeah, puts a, puts a lot of variation into, uh, into play. He, he taught me that at E3. Ah. <laughs> I went for the comms tower. You gave it away. I gave all the good stuff away. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, that's what really blew me away originally was that I walked out and I'm up on that ledge and you were like, okay, well, you can go over here and do this. You can go over here and do this. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of the things that, uh, like I said, it, it was scary for some of the, the new players oh, that were coming it. in. It's kind of going, what am I supposed to do? Tell me. Um, but And also for the team. I mean, to create something that is as fluid as that, where we kind of go, okay, so we have all of this AI al- that's alive. Yeah. Uh, so if you start engaging these guys way over there, uh, they're going to come hunt you down. And they're going to alert all of the, uh, these other guys. And how does the script deal with that? How do you... Because all, all of these things that are that have been in place for previous games, where you would just go to triggers and then this event would happen. And all of a sudden, that's all out of the window. And it's just kind of going, okay, yeah. well, go nuts. <laughs> and the worst is when you can hear an alarm going off and you can't find it. You don't know where it is. <laughs> like, i got to go hack the, hack the alarm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's... I, I was I was shocked that you guys did what you did. I mean, you know, you've got a formula that, that works, mm-hmm. and to stray as much as you guys did, and it mm-hmm. works though, and and, mm-hmm. and that was you know very refreshing because mm-hmm. obviously Killzone, I'm a big fan of it, and I wanted this to be really good. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, you made me happy. Good. Well, we're very happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, from from the from the get go, it's we don't have a crystal ball, right? Right. You know I mean, we we start in this game like two and a half years ago. Uh, what what's going to be fun in two and a half years' time? Yeah. Are, are people going to be tired of the same old thing? Do they want something different? Uh, and ultimately, it comes down to what do we want to play? What 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 do we really like? And what have we learned in all of our previous games that we've done? And uh, the, just the idea of taking it down a couple notches and saying, let's have more thoughtful gameplay, yeah. it just it sparked so many new ideas. From the type of story that we wanted to tell to the type of abilities and the combat that we're doing in the game, the whole second-to-second second second gameplay is... It still feels like Killzone. Uh, it still has kind of that visceral, kind of the enemies responding with the hit reactions and all of yeah. that sort of stuff. But just by being able to switch it up on with, with just a flick of a button and there goes the owl and the whole encounter is you turn it on its head, uh, that's something that we were really looking for. And, and as Eric said, with, with some of the play tests that we were doing, um, you, we're, we're sitting in kind of the back room and you're looking at kind of nine screens right, right. and nine different playthroughs and you see different things on every screen. They, they, they go through <laughs> the same encounter, but they all do it differently. And, and that's, really, that's really cool to see. And that's because that's what we were after. We were kind of looking, okay, we, we want people to have these unique moments and unique playthroughs. And to, to see that happen is, is, is really cool. Well, let's expand about, on that a little bit. I mean, first off, you're a shadow marshal now, so it's more like kind of a SEAL team member, or special mm-hmm. forces, that kind of thing, infiltration. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole mechanic with the owl, which I'll admit, I have not deployed the shield more than once. I keep forgetting <laughs> to deploy the stupid shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stun is great. I mean, it, it's awesome when you finally get used to using it. But again, you know, as a kill zone player, I'm just mm-hmm. not used to, oh, yeah, I have that thing on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of go into that evolution and, and, like, how you came up with this stuff and, and how you figured out what it was actually going to be able to do. Well, like, yeah, like I said, we, quite early on we said we wanted to give the player more choice, right? And we, and, and we also really wanted to play the sci-fi angle that, that our game has. So quite early on we kind of said, okay, so uh, we want some sort of, like, drone that you control. That it was really important that the player keeps the control. That it's, 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 it's not AI in the sense that, hey, they do whatever they want, but it's more like you command, uh, you command this thing. Um, but it was it was it, it wasn't easy to be honest to oh, kind of that. convince people of that concept of, the, yeah. of, the, of 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 how how to make it and me as a game designer as well trying to figure out how to control that was also very difficult uh, because uh, we we realized quite early on we didn't want uh, choice in the sense that okay I pick A and then I go into an encounter and I try and do it because in the style of gameplay that we wanted the player would never know what was around the corner, you know, uh, more than 100 meters away. So we wanted to kind of have that choice dynamically during the encounter. Okay. And that meant that we really had to have controls that were almost instant. You know, you don't want to be, you know, swapping out inventories and all that kind of stuff as you're going along. Um, And then uh, Sony gave us the new controller with the touchpad. (laughs) And at first we were kind of... Okay, what, what do we do with a touchpad? You know, yeah. we're a shooter. But then it kind of clicked together in the sense that uh, we started experimenting. Actually, one of the coders at, at, at our office started experimenting with using the owl, uh, uh, sorry, using the, the touchpad to switch owl modes. And once we had that, just a flick of the thumb, that's almost instant. Yeah. And that, that made it work. 
at that moment, it was kind of like, okay, this is going to be really cool because it allowed us to, to, you know, you can set it to attack mode, send it somewhere, yeah. switch it back to shield mode, use it. Whatever the, situa- whatever the encounter throws at you, you can react to it. And it, it took a lot of iterations, but eventually we got to a point where, okay, now it's starting to click, now it's starting to really work. And it actually works better than putting it on, putting it on the D-pad, too. It really does. Yeah, we, we had, at one point, we had kind of your typical kind of wheel, so you would hold on a button and bring up a wheel sure. and kind of rotate it. Uh, and, that, and that worked, because mm-hmm. we used to it. I mean, we've played so many games oh, with, yeah. with, with that. And we were kind of, as Eric said, we were kind of reluctant to put it on a touchpad. Can you go, I have to take my thumbs off the thumbsticks. It'll, it'll take time. It'll be inconvenient. But when you have the control in your hand, it, it feels like a natural extension. Yeah. And it feels so easy. And I think that really made kind of the, the owl a lot more useful. Uh, but the, the kind of the central idea with with um, uh, with the owl is, as Eric said, we wanted to give the player the control yeah. over, over how he tackles these situations. And uh, previously, we had uh, we had things that was always about kind of outgunning. So we'd give you different weapons and a minigun and huge rocket launchers and all that sort of stuff. So how do we? If if you're a lone guy, how how would you want to fight? Because mm. uh, you, you you have to you have to manage crowds. Mm-hmm. What type of abilities would fit with that? If you're if you're a smart player, how would you tackle the situation? If you want to get yourself into a better position, because uh, Killzone, I mean, we we have pretty fantastic AI in terms of flanking behavior and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Too how do you, how, <laughs> how do you make sure that that you're in the right spot so you can't get you can't get rid of these guys? So it's all about outmaneuvering. It's about it's not just about outgunning. It's outmaneuvering, outsmarting, and it revolves around combat. It's not yeah. a, it's not a game where we kind of go. Uh, you can play it without killing any enemies. No, we always want you to kill the enemies. That's the obstacle we want you right, to overcome. Right. So all of the abilities kind of go towards that. Is are you the more cautious player, and you you put a shield down in front of you? Well, apparently you're not. You're kind of going and run and gun and kind of forget. sending it out because <laughs> so. that room I was talking to you guys about before. Yeah. All of a sudden, I, wait a second, I got a shield. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only thing I never really used for some stupid reason. It's not that it's deficient or anything. It's mm-hmm. I never thought of it because. Yeah. I got used to sending uh, my owl into attack mode, uh, mm-hmm. like on a flank, yeah. and then I would f- try to flank around and come up behind him. And mm-hmm. I actually went on a, on a spree one time where I, I meleeed like six guys, and then they saw me, and all of a sudden every single one came at me at once. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. Like the AI is one of the first things you realize in mm-hmm. this game. That, that I mean, the AI has always been pretty good in Kills on Two and Three. You know, mm-hmm. for what the system was. Mm-hmm. This though, I mean, now I can see why. You guys talk about AI so much in, in a lot of other uh, like areas. It's crazy how they work together, you know, and and they actually band together. And even early on, outside, you know, the, that alarm station sitting outside by the communications thing, and mm-hmm. I'm taking the guys up. It's by the crash site, and and all of a sudden, one guy comes out and he runs up to the thing like, no, <laughs> you know, and I, and I took my focus away from everybody else to take him out, and then one of the guys actually ran over because they saw me take him out, and it's crazy, like. That, I think that's one thing that we're going to see a lot more of on this generation of console is a lot more processing going to the AI, and and it freaked me out. Yeah, it, oh, it's, it it's, changes it's, the game. Yeah, it does. It does, and, I, and it's been a really big challenge for those guys because because having these larger areas where all of these all of the AI have to deal with kind of dynamically change changing events throughout the environment. Yeah, uh, that that's quite tricky, and for the player to be able to manage all of that. Because now all of a sudden combat can be 360s, not just kind of a head in the corridor that you're in. Yep. They can be anywhere. 
uh, and that meant we kind of abilities like a shield or the, the kind of where the owl does some bit of crowd control for you so you can kind of go off to the side you can send it there keep those guys occupied while I deal with these guys so it, it really helps you to kind of deal with, with these different situations we, we, we really wanted that kind of one-two type of gameplay like mm-hmm. a lot of people early on said like you know this thing is going to be way too powerful I'm just going to send in my owl it's going to take care of business no. and then I walk in <laughs> it, it's not happening but that took that, that took quite a lot of iteration uh, you know finding the right balance between how much health it has how it fires how the AI reacts yeah. to it but we, the core principle that we had throughout was we, we wanted it to be uh, an extension of yourself so you send it in, it distracts them, but you still need to kill most of them. Yeah. You know, because if you, if you send your owl in against more than two guys, the owl's toast. Yeah. So it's 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 about it's about you working together with it rather than it taking you know it, yeah. it, it winning for you. And it was funny. I mean, early on, I used it, but I just didn't really think about using it. You mm-hmm. know, and and because I'm so used to playing Killzone, I'm mm-hmm. so you know. And, um, you get to a certain point in the game, though, that you really need to use it because you need that support. You're a lone soldier, you know, behind enemy lines or whatever, and mm-hmm. you need as, as much as you can. And, and it's funny, with the stun move, I just kind of used it on one of them that had the shield because I, I thought I had it on attack and I didn't. I had it mm-hmm. on stun. And that's how I figured out that's a way to try mm-hmm. to take those guys out. Mm-hmm. So it, the, that's the thing that I try to convey to a lot of people already and, and that I'll be talking about after the embargo lifts on Wednesday is, mm-hmm. you know, you can't play this like an old Killzone. You can't play this like, you know, a Call of Duty or whatever other mm-hmm. space shooters out there. Mm-hmm. It, it, you have to be a lot more methodical and you have to kind of pick your battles mm-hmm. and take out the strong ones first. At least that's mm-hmm. what I was playing. Mm-hmm. Take out the strong ones first and then take care of the other guys. But yeah. You know, they hide a lot more. They work together a lot more. It's it's insane. It, it's crazy to play it. Yeah, no, that, that's what we want. It's very good to hear that because that, that's what we're after. It's yeah. kind of more methodical play. And also because we're, uh, for the owl, we're giving you all the abilities right at the start. Yes. It's, it's not like a gradual kind of exposition and you get all of these different things. We throw you in the deep end. <laughs> we, throw, we kind of throw <laughs> you in the deep end a little bit. And the challenge comes from the different enemies, t- enemy types that you're that you're meeting. So kind of the challenge progression throughout the game, it, it needs to ramp up. It needs to get more difficult, more skillful. Uh, and that, if you, if you kind of have the, the right mix of enemies, that can be a real handful. And you really have to kind of scan, see what they are, uh, set your priority targets. Kind of, I'm going after that guy first yep. because if I don't deal with that, it's going to come back to haunt me. So it, it, you really have to have kind of a tactical overview, and that makes it more methodical. And just to tell everybody, use the scan function often. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that sonar. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I found myself using that so much. Mm-hmm. And you were getting mad at me at E3 because I kept forgetting <laughs> to use it. <laughs> oh, no, hold right yeah. on the D-pad. <laughs> by the end of the game, oh, uh, everybody will be using it. Yes. And everybody will be looking around corners. That, that's what we've been seeing in playtests as well. When people go through the game, so initially they kind of go, oh, I'll, I'll go in with my run-and-gun mentality and I'll, I'll figure it out. And they they will get so far. Yeah. Uh, and then at certain, some point they just get hit in the face. Yep. Uh, and it's kind of, okay, I'm, I'm taking it differently. And then you see the people that really embrace like all the different abilities they have like again playtesting we're in a, in, a, in a dark room looking at nine screens at the same time and then there's always like one or two that start using like combinations like they tactical echo they use a health pack they go into slow-mo they send out the owl that kind of distracts them they do headshots while slow-moing and then jumping down doing a brutal melee and we're cheering 
Like we're sitting in this room, like absolutely going, like, yeah, that's how you're that's supposed. What we people to do. <laughs> that's yeah. what we. That's what we wanted, and it's and it's and it's it's really cool to then talk to them as well, and they're them feeling uh, really rewarded for that as well. Like I learned that skill, and that that was what we wanted. We wanted to give you lots of tools that you can you can get better at, and then find your way in the game, how to use them as, right. uh, as effectively as possible. Yeah. That's really rewarding, I think. Yeah. Awesome. And, and the cool thing about that is you mentioned kind of the the, uh, the, the creepier level uh, that, that we have as well is, is what you see is, is if people come out of these really tense encounters and you know that these enemies pose a real threat you're going to be taking it slow and kind of those corridors <laughs> where nothing's happening people are constantly stopping scanning not going into a, a room yep, because you don't know what's behind the door and, and that, that tension it starts to build and build and build and then you get that release of going in there and fighting those guys it's it's so rewarding to see that happen, and not even just that level, but the entire game. Mm-hmm. The use of light, mm-hmm. holy cow! Like, I don't think you could put a light anywhere else in that <laughs> game. It, it, it's got so much lighting everywhere, and, and it's breathtaking. But in that level, especially, you mm-hmm. use that light so effectively, mm-hmm. and it it it's, it freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing exactly what you were saying. I mm-hmm. would like, I'd walk about ten feet and hit the scan again. What mm-hmm. am I missing? What, what's going on? I can hear something. <laughs> And the audio logs, too, which mm-hmm. is really funny because you use the speaker and the controller, yeah. which I thought was, this, you know, at first, like, oh, you know, the Wii had that and all that. But mm-hmm. it, it actually worked really well because you hear it going, but you also have all the game audio going. And it mm-hmm. just it worked, especially in that level, because that's mm-hmm. one of the first places I found an audio log. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was really neat how, how that worked mm-hmm. out. Yeah, we, we wanted, I mean, the game is still about uh, lots of action, but yeah. we really wanted to have a lot of atmosphere in the game as well. Because the, the, the whole Cold War era, to, to us, it, it's all about the tension uh, that, that you feel. Mm-hmm. Kind of, okay, things can go wrong, and that meant a lot of focus had to be on the atmosphere. If we're not going to have kind of the volume dialed up to 11 all of the time, what's carrying you in the low bits? What's carrying you when there isn't any combat? And, yeah. and that's where kind of the environments, the lighting, the, the audio really need to kind of keep kind of the tension up and start building towards the next encounter uh, and that's that's why uh, I mean the, the visual design guys they've done a fantastic job in realizing that world and then the audio kind of just merges it all together and it creates this really cool mood right uh, and talking about the audio uh, your game killed my subwoofer <laughs> I'm sorry about that all of a sudden one day it just stopped working so I'm going to send a bill to German I think I'm not sure <laughs> that's good I, I think our lead sound guy is actually going to take that as a compliment yeah. he should yeah I mean it was a 650 watt subwoofer and it died. oh wow okay so just letting you know um, yeah game comes out day and date you know on the mm-hmm. 15th year in the US mm-hmm. launch everywhere else when the PS4 launches mm-hmm. uh, you guys have done an amazing job with this game it's from a Killzone fan a true Killzone fan mm-hmm. The story is phenomenal. The gameplay is great. The technical stuff is amazing. Um, so kudos to you guys, all Thank of you. you. And um, if you're a Killzone fan, folks, buy the game. If you're not a Killzone fan, if you don't like first-person shooters, try this one out because I think you'd be surprised. Uh, it's not just a typical dumb marine running gun type of game. It's it's definitely expanded upon the idea. So thanks for meeting with me, guys. And, Thank uh, you. Thank good you. luck with the, with the launch. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks so much to those to those guys for sitting down with me for such a long period of time. I, I love the series. I really do. And it was great because these guys gave some great answers and they made a phenomenal game. I have saw. I think it was like Polygon gave it a five. Those people need to get out of video games if they didn't like Shadowfall. Uh, if you don't like shooters, sure, you're not going to like it. But um, if you're a first-person shooter fan, even if you... Haven't liked Killzone in the, in the past because of how sluggish it might have felt or whatever. 
try Shadow Fallout. It, it it is so good. It seems like it's on a system that's been out for two years. It really does. It just feels so mature. Uh, I did put a video up on our YouTube channel of it too. Just uh, it's from the campaign, but it's spoiler free. It's it's in the middle of the game. You don't even know where it is. I just wanted to show some gameplay, and the game is stunning, guys. It's just so cool, and the multiplayer is a blast. So I know we talked about it a little bit in the interview, but I wanted to uh, kind of focus a little bit on the multiplayer and what you can do in Warzone now. So they they talked about how you can actually um, uh, completely customize Warzone if you want. So when we were playing the multiplayer session, they were actually creating them on the fly. They had a couple that they had kind of ready to go, but then they were changing them around as they went. So the first mission we did was kind of an outdoor mission. You could only be a sniper. You can only have a sniper rifle and a pistol and a knife. And you only have one life. So it was kind of like the old SOCOM days or Counter-Strike or whatever. Then the next mission we did, it was an indoor map. And you had three, you had the three classes available, but if you took assault, you had your machine gun, but you had less health available right at the start. If you went as the sniper, I think you only had a knife and you could cloak. Or no, I think it was a pistol and you could cloak. And then you could go as support, which is the medic class. So you could go as medic, but you only had a knife. So they were setting up these wild scenarios. And what we were noticing is that the game was played so much different and it was so fresh every time we got into it. And it, it ships with 10 maps and they're phenomenal. They're so good. I mean, this game, it, it's so funny because because of the use of the AI in the, in the single player, the single player runs at 30 frames per second and it's solid. But you get into the multiplayer, well, obviously there's no AI anymore. So the game runs at 60 frames per second. So what's kind of jarring is the fact that you're used to these Killzone games where they were very kind of plodding and you had all this weight, you know, just very thunderous footsteps and everything else. Well, the thing is with the frame rate increase, it's kind of jarring at first, but then you realize you still have all that weight and the controls do feel a little bit snappier, but you still have all that weight and, but it's so much smoother now. It's, it's so weird to watch. And I was streaming it last night and everybody got to see how beautiful this game is. It's just it's gorgeous. It's just drenched in lighting. Uh, they, there's just lighting everywhere, and it's dynamic lighting. Uh, but the game plays great. It's kills on through and through. Uh, if you're a fan of the series, you are not going to be disappointed. Seriously, it is awesome. So on on the review, check it out at psnation.com. I gave it a 9.5, though, and I'm sure everybody's going to say, well, that's just glad he's a PlayStation fanboy, blah, blah, blah. No, it's that good. I really, I, lo- I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite launch titles of all time. So definitely check it out if, if you're a Killzone fan. Uh, rest assured, you're getting a great game. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, obviously, I burned through a lot of stuff today. We have a lot more to talk about uh, that I just can't talk about right now. So Injustice Gods Among Us, I have. That'll be on the podcast next week. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk some more Madden next week. Uh, we'll talk... Some more, uh, some Need for Speed uh, Rivals, some more Assassin's Creed 4. Uh, maybe Josh will even play Just Dance 2014. Oh, I do want to bring that up. Uh, I actually did see Just Dance 2014. Obviously, I wasn't playing it, but I thought it was interesting because, you know, we hear so much about Kinect and everything else. Uh, I was told that the when they were playing it, they were using the PlayStation camera, the new camera for the PS4. It will actually um, recognize four specific players it'll recognize four players at once and 
works exactly basically like the Connect version would work with the PlayStation camera. The only difference is you can't swipe through the menus. Oh no. Um, but I mean, for Just Dance fans, I think it's really cool. There's this one feature, and I'm just doing this from memory, but there's this one feature called like World Mode or something, where basically there's a soundtrack that plays on this mode, and it plays all around the world. So if you get into the mode, the, the song might be in the middle when you get onto it. But you can compete live with anybody around the world on these specific songs that are playing in the soundtrack. So I thought that was a really neat idea. There's a lot of social features built into the new game. So if you're into them, uh, it, it's really cool. It, it was cool. And the soundtrack seems pretty neat. They, they got some first-time stuff. And she was even telling me that, I mean, if you're into it, she was even telling me that uh, they worked with Lady Gaga's choreographer on a couple of the Lady Gaga songs. So pretty interesting stuff. And they're, they're really putting a lot into the game, and, and it's, it shows. It, it, it was very solid. So uh, it was interesting, too. And I will say, I mean, it's probably the last time I'll ever use them, but the voice commands on the PlayStation work really well. I was just dicking around with it last night, and instead of saying Xbox, you just say PlayStation, and you can pretty much do all the stuff that they're saying you can do on Kinect. Uh, I could power it down. I could say go to suspend or uh, go to standby. I could say eject disc. I could say start kill zone. You can you can actually call it specific names of games. If you have the camera or even if you have the little microphone built into the or that plugs into the controller, it works. And uh, like I said, it's probably the last time I'll ever use it, but I just wanted to mess around with it. So uh, I do not have a, a total list of all the commands or anything. We're still trying to get that. But uh, there is actually an on uh, on-screen prompt uh, with certain things you can try to do. And there's a hint system as well. So if you're into that, what the heck? Uh, so that's the podcast this week. Uh, obviously, like I said, a little bit different because of all the New York city madness. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going to be enjoying their PS4s. Uh, I think you're really going to be happy with them folks. I really do. Um, I love mine. I love the controller. Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was, but I think it was Vitaly was saying that the Battery in the controller doesn't seem to last as long as the DualShock, and he thinks it's because of the light bar. Really highly doubt it's because of the light bar, because the light bar is just LED. It's very low power usage. Uh, you'll also oh, you'll also see some games using the little speaker in the controller, so get a laugh at that, too. Resogun uses it. Um, Killzone uses it. Infamous uses it for like the heartbeat and everything. We talked about that in the interview. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the DualShock 4. I think it's fantastic. I, I love the feel. I've, I've probably logged about... Oh, a good 50 hours on the DualShock already and, and just really love it. So it's it's tough to go back <laughs> once you've played with it. Uh, it's tough to go back. Uh, thanks again to Sony for inviting us out to uh, that event in New York City. It was truly an honor to be there, and, and it was a great time. It was almost like a little family reunion for me. It uh, got to see a lot of people I haven't seen for a long time, both in uh, the gaming press and also uh, just producers and, and PR people that I haven't seen for a long time. So... It was a great experience, and hopefully, you know, we got enough information out together. I've been tweeting like crazy, and I want to do the podcast. We'll definitely expand it a lot more next week when Josh is back on the show, because uh, I really don't like talking like this. I like interacting, so it's it's tough for me. But uh, I, I personally, I think this is the best console launch ever. I really do. There's so many great quality games hitting at launch. Uh, it's it's stupendous, man. It's and there's so much good indie stuff coming. Uh, Thousand and One Spikes, uh, Octodad, obviously. Um, what, what's that one from Jonathan Blow? I always forget the name of it. Well, uh, Ho Hokum is a blast. Hell Divers is really good. Let's see here. The Witness, that's Jonathan Blow's. That was a pretty cool game. Uh, he was in with somebody else, so I just kind of stood there and watched. 
Uh, Tiny Brains is awesome. We actually do have a copy of that right now, so I'm going to be playing a little bit of that. Uh, but we'll have a full review of that when it hits. But Tiny Brains, we had a blast with it at PAX, and it, it's fantastic. Uh, games I didn't get to see... Well, Secret Ponchos, by the way, also. Secret Ponchos is a blast. I love that game. Uh, but ones I didn't really sit down with at this one because I've seen them other, otherwise or I just couldn't get in. Uh, like I said, Dying Light, which we're going to have something definitely on the website. Lego Marvel Super, Super Heroes, I uh, was always busy. Uh, Injustice I've played, I just can't talk about it yet. Call of Duty Ghosts actually showed up today. Diablo 3, I couldn't get in to see, but I will. we will have something on that. Angry Bird, Star Wars. Eh. Uh, Skylander Swap Force, I know there's some people that wanted some info on that, but I just didn't have time to get to that one either. Um... Let's see here. Sorry, I'm just looking at my card, folks. Child of Light, Just Dance, well, Just Dance I looked at. The Crew, I'll be honest, that game doesn't impress me. <laughs> it got pushed back, too, but every time I've seen that game, I haven't really been that thrilled with it. Uh, Doki Doki Universe, I actually have, but I can't talk about it yet. Uh, Helldivers is awesome. Uh, Resogun, Music Unlimited. Oh, Music Unlimited works pretty well. Uh, I, I do hate the fact that that's your only source for background music right now, but th- it sounds like they're going to try to get that fixed really soon. Although people bitching about CD support, come on. I think the last time I used a CD in my PS3 was like three months after it launched because I was ripping CDs with it. Uh, Video Unlimited, it's pretty cool. Uh, oh, Netflix, by the way, really slick on here, and it actually loads up a lot faster. Uh, but they've kind of unified the interface between a lot of the different platforms now. But uh, Netflix working very, very well. Uh on the PS4, I was I was messing with it last night, uh, and that's about it. So, oh, and also Flower, wow, uh, it's like you're watching a brand new Pixar movie now, just so silky smooth. So, uh, you know, keep your eye out on PSNation.com. We're still going to try to get a lot of content posted for PS4 post-launch. Uh, get some videos up, uh, get some videos captured and, uh, and put up, not just through the share feature, but other ways too. Uh, but yeah, check it all out. Sorry, Josh wasn't here. We just couldn't get it worked out with our timing and like i said my power was out for a while so uh until next time we'll we'll talk to you very soon don't forget to check us out on twitter at ps nation and also at pjf josh uh don't forget to join our facebook group just go uh, to facebook do a search for uh, ps space nation and check that out thank you to everybody that's used the amazon link to buy all your stuff i think tomorrow's gonna be a really good day for us uh and that will pay for our bills next year uh, it'd be nice if we can actually pay our server off for an entire year right away. So thank you to everybody for doing that. Uh, you know, we'll go through the whole spiel next week as well, but, uh, play some games, play some PS4. Yo, if you didn't get a PS4 though, I don't think you have a lot to worry about. There are still 17 PS3 exclusive titles on the books for next year, I believe. So they're not going to drop support for the PS3 anytime soon folks. And, and I think they've proven that in the past and uh, I'll still be on PS3 for a lot of things so i wouldn't have any worries if you're if you're not getting a ps4 day one uh but get out there play some games have a great one enjoy your ps4s if you're getting them uh enjoy remote play on the vita it works really well and um we'll see you online have a great one and no i'm not on steroids (laughs) a lot of people say really i don't think there's any way you could be that funny without enhancement creams And I'm like, no, this is natural. I work out, I hit the gym. Yesterday I did ankles. (laughs) I think pro athletes should be forced to use steroids. I think we as fans deserve the greatest athletes science can create.
Let's go. Anything that will make you run faster, jump higher. I have high-definition TV. I want my athletes like my video games. Let's go. I could care less if you die at 40. You hate life after sports anyway. I'm doing you a favor. We got athletes like Randy Moss and T.O., Terrell Owens. People get upset. You sit on your couch and you say horrible things. Oh, hey, buddy, why don't you just do your job? Just do your job. Quit celebrating so much. His job is to catch a ball. It's really not that serious. I don't care if he gets in the end zone and has a 10-minute tea party. Just don't get mad at me, though, when you're paralyzed from the neck down, being carted off the field because some free safety took your head off, and you see me in the stands going, Yes! Dance now, you overpaid clown! Huh? How does it feel to know God hates you? Don't worry, maybe V8 will sponsor a vegetable. Yeah, I love defense. You want points on the board, move to Indianapolis, see what that gets you. Three points in a championship game in seven months to explain your quarterback. The NBA, oh, if I hear one more person say how the NBA got a black eye because Ron Artest got in a fight. The Detroit Pistons versus the Pacers, the big brawl. If you could promise me every game would end like that, I would be a season ticket holder in a heartbeat. Are you serious? I'm going to have to fight at the end of the game? Let's go. It sounds awesome. A cup of water hit Ron Artest and he went crazy. I don't like to do jokes about stereotypes, but we all know basketball players can't swim very well. All I'm saying is that water might have hit him. He panicked. He thought he was drowning. What are you going to do? You head for higher ground. A fat white kid gets in your way. You fucking knock his ass out. He grew up with the pool. Yeah. It's a theory. It's probably wrong. My favorite new sport is poker. Oh, I love it. Poker. It's a sport. What? It was gambling three weeks ago. Oh, now it's a sport. Hey, Dad, why am I not going to college? Well, I'm a shitty athlete, that's why. I had pocket rockets. You needed runner, runner. God damn it, that river fucked me. Loan me 50 bucks, kid. If poker's a sport, put it in the Olympics. And you can only play with what your country's worth. How great would that be, being Americans? Looks like Costa Rica's all in with 15 coconuts. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna call. Mm -hmm. Hasta luego, small blind. Shouldn't have limped in. <laughs>